Yeah. I mean, it's, if it happens, it's not the end of the world. It's just, it's funny because I was listening to, uh, to you guys and every time I hear a swear word, I'm like, oh, oh wait, no, I don't have to worry about that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can just let it go. So awesome, man. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and, uh, begin in three, two, one. Whoops. I forgot to share my screen. Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by uh, Brett Hadwin. Brett, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, dude? Good to finally talk to you. I know, right? Well, we were just talking about like how offline, like, oh, you actually saw my face for the first time, I think, ever. And <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, so... Um, Not just a voice on the other side of the phone. Yeah, I was just saying, like, I know people give me a hard time for, like, never showing my face, but um, it is because I try to save bandwidth. I'm not trying to be creeping on people. Um, but if that's what people think, so be it. It's, I'm just awkward all around so <laughs> but um yeah man, I've, been, I've been looking forward to this for a while and you know i it's funny we were telling miles was like because we're trying to figure out like the availability i was like dude miles i already got you like i've been like i've been waiting on <laughs> yeah. brett for a while and um it, it's cool because there's so many things i want to talk to you about and um i, I kind of just want to start just from the beginning so just on the off chance uh, people are hearing you for the first time why don't you just give us like your your uh, the team that you're known for and what you're currently known for as well? Um, I guess known originally for playing at uh, Central Michigan University, and then now currently playing with the Columbus Gamecocks. Um, known for, I don't know. I, in college, I was known as a hype man, um, but with the Gamecocks, I, I don't know. I guess a podcaster now. Yeah, and it's the Ball Out Podcast. In case. In case no one's tracking that, um, which I definitely want to get into, and um, kind of like like I was saying, I'm, I'm going to try to watch the rabbit holes, but you know, so be it if, <laughs> if it happens. But yeah, if um, you've listened to Ball Out, you know that I love rabbit holes, so I'll, yeah. I'll try my best as well. Yeah, and I listen, and when when uh, Miles is interviewing you, and you're like, oh, I, I just love having conversations with people. It's like this could be dangerous. This could be like a very long <laughs> episode. So I guess I yeah. apologize in advance, but at the same time, not really. You guys can hit pause and. <laughs> digest this as you will but um let's just start with like like the basics so um do you have a specific number and if you do uh why yeah so i am number four um i've been number four since my freshman year at central um really the only reason why i picked four is because i was born in april and that's the fourth month and i just think that a single digit number looks a lot cleaner so I just stuck with it. Nothing real, real fancy, but now it's a, uh, a real close to my heart number. Nice. That's cool. I mean, lately I've been asking this, like, this is like a new question of this season, uh, like a stable question. And, um, people will just say, Oh, I just, you know, picked eight because it looks cool. Um, it's, it's just, it's cool. It's like people have the reasons and some people just picked a random number that they like, and some people actually have some right. kind of significance. So I like, uh, did you, did you listen to our last episode with Lisa? Not yet. Oh, well, I'll give you a little spoiler. The only reason why she's number one is because it was the smallest jersey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Um, there's that too. There's a like, oh, I, I picked this number because it was the only one that was available or it was based on my position and it just like lived with me ever since. And that, that's what I love. So it's funny because most yeah, people actually, like, well, what's up? I was just going to say just, I mean, when I played football in high school, I was number 53 and I hated it the entire time. That's because you're a linebacker, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to ask about 
some of the sports. Um, and one of the things too, I guess we can kind of, well, I, I can address this because one thing I, I used to do when I first started was I tried to avoid people that were on a podcast previously. So at the time when I started, um, David Tates had been doing the book of dodgeball, um, for about, a, I think a year he had, he had like maybe a dozen episodes in mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, cool. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of stay away from Vince and all them just because it's fresh, but that was several years ago. And then, um, now it's like, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff that I wanted to dig into listening to you and miles. And plus there's just a lot of stuff that's, that's going on and coming out of ball out. So in case anybody's wondering, like, I mean, didn't, didn't Brett just get on one? Um, that's kind of why. So, but, um, <laughs> I guess uh did we cover where you, where you, where you actually live Michigan right? Um no we didn't cover but I'm uh, yeah I live just outside of Detroit uh in Michigan. Um yeah I'm just uh I guess hop skip and a jump from downtown Detroit. Gotcha. And um what's the what's the covid situation going on right now like are you guys still in shutdown or how's Shoot. how's that been? it seems like we're the only state still in a full shutdown. Um, and especially where we're at in Wayne County, it's the hardest hit County in Michigan. So things are supposed to be opening back up on the 28th, but there's rumors going around that, uh, it might get extended another 14 to 28 days. Has that, uh, has that impacted you at all? Like, are you, have you been working remote now and, yeah, I've uh, I've been working from home since late March, but actually this week and last week I took two weeks off, um, just voluntary leave, and uh, I've been focusing a lot on ball out stuff and kind of tying up some loose ends so we can move forward with that. And uh, I will go back to work from home on Monday. That's that's kind of weird. Like I will go back to normal by working from home, which has been an abnormal situation for the past couple of months. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you get your test back? Oh, I did. Um, yeah, Are you all clear. I'm negative. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it, man. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I had, I had a little scare because, um, you know, the, what I do for a living is, um, the military. So I didn't really have the option to work remote and, um, I came into contact with somebody that was COVID positive. So as a precaution, they sent me to quarantine for a couple of days and it was, it was like a death sentence, man. I, I don't know how people do it. I, I applaud anybody that can work from home and stay focused. I am just a freaking ADD. <laughs> like I, I can't Dude, do it. And same. Yeah. It was, it was, and it was do you rough. live, do you live by yourself? No, I've got a roommate, uh, Kate Murphy, uh, from the East. So, um, okay. Yeah. It, it's yeah. kind of like we have, I, separate... uh... oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I got two little ones in the house. I got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. So it's real difficult, especially when I'm on the phone with customers, they're running up and down the stairs, needing snacks and everything. See that that's where I'm such a, I, I question my, my drive, my resolve sometimes. Cause like, I really don't have any excuse. I don't have kids. I don't have any real <laughs> distractions other than I just can't put my phone down or I just can't get into like this mentality of this is work. And there has to be like a, a clear distinction between, you know, my office and my actual jobs office. And, you know, like I, I'm very, com- I guess I'm a very compartmental person. Mm-hmm. If I just probably butchered that word, but um, <laughs> yeah, you're all good. No, I, it's, it's been tough. Um, the way we have our setups, because my girlfriend's also been working from home, but um, she's only been working half days, which has been cool. So we have um, 
upstairs our room we live in like a bungalow house so upstairs will be our whole bedroom we have both of our office desks set up up there and then the kids actually have a playroom down in the basement Hmm. so they play down in the basement you know they're they're relatively quiet they only come up every once in a while and uh they've gotten pretty good about um waiting until we come down to check on them to ask for you know snacks and stuff so it's, it, it, you you adapt to different situations so we've uh we've adapted well yeah I, I was i was getting there towards like day four or five um and again you know poor steve you you poor man just having to be <laughs> on quarantine for five days but uh the first test was negative and they wanted the second one to just be negative as well so there wasn't really that much of a of a scare but um i was starting to think i could make this work if i absolutely had to thank god i don't um i definitely would prefer uh just being able to work out of the office. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, thanks for asking, man. I, I completely forgot to let you guys know. So, um, <laughs> yeah, very better check in on you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, well, let's go back to, um, I guess kind of towards the beginning. So some of the stuff, uh, miles, you know, obviously covered, but I did want to dig into just a few more items a little bit more. Um, yeah, you had said, um, that what you kind of got into dodgeball through like a youth camp, right? It was like a youth program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, just like a summer camp um, me and my brothers went to when we were younger. Um, we would just play. It was in our elementary school, so we would just go play in the gym probably once, twice a week and uh, was good at it. So got me hooked, and I was I looked to play any chance I got. And what kind of dodgeball was it? Like, um, Was it the conventional it w- dodgeball that we know? Was it medic? Like, Was it a variety or, or not a variety, but a variant? We would do or- different things. Um I mean, because the gym was small, it was pretty conventional uh, and they would make us play with those like, uh, like the rhino skin foams that are, I think they're eight and a half, right. but yeah, it, it was pretty conventional. Once in a while we'd switch it up and, uh, play like army dodgeball and, um, but yeah, we, we pretty much stuck to conventional cause it was so much fun. That's funny. Cause you gave me, uh, some nostalgia. So when I started playing dodgeball, we played medic, which are you familiar with that version at all? I am not. Like we didn't even know it was called dodgeball. So like, and I'm totally going to date myself here. This is like 92, <laughs> 93. So we were playing sometimes like if it would rain outside, we, you know, we play medic in the gym, um, or slash cafeteria, multi-purpose room. And they would, um, those fools would bust out with these like nerf turbo football turbo footballs i don't know if you remember those if you ever seen yeah, those. yeah yeah so with i the whistles <laughs> yeah with the whistles um and, and like i not to even try to to sound how it's going to sound but i was able to actually throw an adult size football when i was a kid so giving me these little things was just like you just gave me like just heat seeking <laughs> missiles so i was just thrilled anytime you hear it the whole time yeah I was too. Just, and i was just pegging people <laughs> left and right and also it was really small and i was actually pretty good at dodging so like anytime medic was up i was i was so down to play and i had no idea it was actually called called dodgeball and uh we were talking about like youth camp we we played something similar where it was you're in a ring or you're you're a group of people surrounded by a ring and they're just throwing balls at you from all different angles so like when i was listening to you talk about your experience i was like i wonder because obviously you're younger than I am, so I wonder if you had like conventional dodgeball at that point. What what year was that? Oh, geez, I was probably probably in elementary school, so it had to be around. This is gonna hurt. Like, 
like 99 or 2000, maybe 01, oh, somewhere in man. there. Yep, that's, yeah, I'm definitely older than you. <laughs> yeah, I was born in 92, so when you're talking about playing in 92. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was already slinging balls at kids by the time you're, when you were wearing diapers. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but awesome. actually, I, I totally did not think about this when I was talking to Miles about this. Um, so when I was growing up, um, we were we were the house in the neighborhood that had a trampoline. And, you know, we had, we were a house of three boys at the time. And, uh, so we had all kinds of, you know, Nerf balls, volleyballs, all kinds of that kind of stuff laying around and everybody would come over to our house because we had a trampoline. So it was cool. And, uh, we played this game called tramp ball, which is a terrible name, but we were kids. So <laughs> it was know? a trampoline and a ball, but there was one person that was it, so to speak. Right. And they had to go wherever the ball landed in the yard and try to hit whoever was on the trampoline. And hmm. if the person on the trampoline got hit, they were the next person that was it. But if they caught it, they got to throw the ball however far they wanted to go. So it, it was kind of like a backyard version of dodgeball, if you want to say that. Right. Like you had the, 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 what do you call it? Like the basics of I'm going to throw this ball at somebody or they're throwing at me. I'm going to move out of the way. Like you had that. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we only had one ball and one person throwing, so it was pretty fun. Yeah, especially anything with the trampolines fun. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, I was uh, I was curious, like because I think um, have you had you played or are you familiar with um, NADA? The was it the North American Dodgeball Association? I am not. Okay, yeah, because they're they're pretty massive, and I think um, I bet if I was bored enough, I could probably tie something into that youth camp of yours because they were. Um, they were pretty massive when it came to getting dodgeball um, solidified in the Great Lakes area, and that mm -hmm. was where like Glenn Spacer, um, Kat Takeda, and all them got their like their start from. So I was curious if there was any overlap with you since you're from that region. But um, I have no idea, and you're gonna come to find out that I am the least dodgeball savvy person that plays dodgeball you'll ever meet. I I it's like I lived under a dodgeball rock from. But I was like 10 until last year. See, that makes me want to dive in a lot more to some <laughs> of these questions because I feel like when Miles asked him, I was like, yes. And then, you know, like you guys would just move on to the next step. I was like, no, no, I want to, I wanted to dig more. So I already took some notes here. But um, so let's go back to your first experience then, your first real one. Yeah. You're playing with this uh, youth group and mm -hmm. you said you, you took to it really well. You caught everything. They called you Sticky Fingers. Um, yeah. Has that name stuck by chance? Uh, no, it has not. Can we um, bring it back? It, <laughs> it, uh, it died when I came home and told my mom that that was what everyone was calling me. And she goes, you know, that's what they call robbers, right? And I go, what do you, what do you oh, mean? Geez. I'm playing dodgeball, mom. Like, <laughs> get over it. But me... it was something that didn't stick around. Um, if it was going to come back, it would have came back probably my freshman year at Central. Because that's all I was doing at Central was um, primarily catching so that's my freshman were... year. So. That's what you're known for. Yeah. What, uh, so if you can kind of go back to, you know, when you're still a kid though, like what was it mm -hmm. about it? Like, was, did it just remind you of like backyard conventional play or, I mean, what, was there anything specific about that game that hooked you versus like baseball or, um, any other conventional sport that you might've played at that time? Um, I think it was, you know, I, I was just naturally good at it. And so I wanted to play all the time and, um, you know, growing up with brothers, it was good practice for at home. 
So, you know, I could I could go home and, hey, look at this game I played. And you go run around the yard, and I'm just going to pelt you with these balls in the house. <laughs> nice. That's cool. But, yeah, I think, I think that was really it. It was just something I was naturally good at and had fun doing. That's one of the things I really love to ask people is, like, just go back to, like, like ground zero almost. Like, what was that first initial, like, I like this because, or I like this because it did this for me. And especially if you had um, – experience playing sports growing up so like in your case i mm -hmm. think you you said you play tennis golf baseball um what position did you play in baseball so in baseball um i was primarily a catcher um from the time really like little league i was i was catching mostly because my dad was the coach and nobody else wanted to do it so i got uh, thrown in that position but um Really, I was a utility player. I played anywhere. Um, I played mostly catcher, second base. I played some short. I played a lot of third, um, really wherever I was needed. I, I tried to stay out of the outfield because when I was younger, I was a chubby kid, and uh, running really wasn't my thing. Still isn't, but um, I like to think I'm not as much of a chubby kid anymore. But, uh, yeah, mainly catcher. My dad, I think, called me Pudge from the time I was seven until high school. Huh. I, I almost want to ask just even though I know the answer obviously maybe catching is probably playing as a catcher uh, probably helped with your ability your hand-eye coordination to become known for catching right that's almost I would I would say so especially yeah. catching for some of those little league pitchers that don't quite have ball control yet yeah um, yeah I gotta I gotta work out behind the plate <laughs> I'll say and then you have like no reaction time at all. So it just makes sense. Um, you're right. tracking something way smaller than a dodgeball. Um, you enlarge that thing by X percent and you have both hands and you're not having to worry about a, a bat hitting you. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> makes sense. Uh, it just seems like a, that would, that would evolve into it. Translates good, well. Yeah. It translates very well. Um, you'd also mentioned one thing that translated pretty well was like, uh, playing as a linebacker, you kind of you ended up having to have your head on a swivel. So they gave you that, mm -hmm. as I always like to call like a healthy sense of paranoia on the dodgeball court. Yeah. What would, yeah. Okay. As a, uh, as a middle linebacker, um, I was basically, you know, quarterback of the defense. So I had to read the offense, keep my head on a swivel and make sure that everybody else was on the same page. So translate that to a dodgeball court. What I like to do is I like to play middle. So I, I try to make sure, everybody behind me is on the same page. So I think that um, a lot of that translated over well. And anybody that's played on a dodgeball court with me will probably um, attest to me being one of the loudest people on the court. And I do a lot of yelling, a lot of talking, and it, it frustrates the living expletive out of me when people don't communicate. Because when I don't know what's going on, I'm in the most vulnerable posi vulnerable position, and it seems like I get screwed every time. What can you give me an example of that? On a dodgeball court, yeah. So, like, <clears throat> say say I'm running middle, and uh, the left side is deciding that they're going to counter on the throw. If I'm moving right by myself, and the right side staying put my left side comes up and throws and then I got to try to track back across the court to help protect, help pump fake or try to call out what's coming. Right. If anybody 
throws across from the right side while all of my focus is on the left side. I'm I'm just a sitting duck. So it it really frustrates me when when that things like that happen. Huh. Yeah, when when somebody could have been behind me and said, "Hey, left side's countering." And then I know, "Hey, cool. Maybe I'll stay a little bit closer to the left side just to help." <laughs> that's in, that's interesting cuz that's um I mean, I I'm only speaking for myself, but obviously communication is a big deal, but then when you when you really dig into it a little bit further, it's kind of like, "All right, you're you're the you're like the, the field uh, general, so to speak, and you're you're relying on mm-hmm. continuous feedback from your left and right. And so, the second that doesn't happen, you expose yourself. And then I wonder if, right. if people have adapted that into their strategy, especially um, you know now because the the competition is just getting so intense that people are like reviewing reviewing film. We're we're mm-hmm. talking about like coaching now as as being an actual thing versus like you know, like, Oh, this is, you know, my, my girlfriend, she's the coach or, you know, kind of just <laughs> yeah, having a body there yeah. for the sake of having one. I, I, I would think at this point, uh, if it hasn't started, it's going to start now. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's given away like your secrets, but if you're if obviously going to say you're like the last person on the court, then the other team can, can pick up on that. But then does it matter mm-hmm. to you or it doesn't matter to me? Um, when, when we go into games, uh, it, it literally, or it matters very little to me who's on the other side of that court. We're going to play our game. And if we're better, we're going to win. If not, it wasn't our day. We have to learn from it. So it, it, I know a lot of teams do a lot of their, um, like miscounts or their, the pump on two and then throw whatever. It doesn't matter. I, we're going to play our game. And at the end of the day, if we're better, we're going to win. If not, you know, we need to learn what, what do we do wrong in this game? How can we improve on this and then take it into the next game? Gotcha. So if something happens where like that communication doesn't happen, you guys like sit down and talk about it, like, Hey, this is what I saw. This is what happened. This was the result. Let's not do that again. Like... <laughs> I don't know if it's uh <laughs> if it's necessarily a sit down. Um, usually it, I, I'm not one to hold back what I'm feeling. <laughs> so, right. so it usually in that huddle after that, that's when that comes out. <laughs> nice. Just corrective, corrective training, yelling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, I played, I played in the Grand Rapids open with, um, dynasty one time and, uh, cause none of the Gamecocks could make it to Grand Rapids. So they they need an extra guy and I was in the state so I went over and played with them and um I think it was O'Brien but I, I did the same thing like I would do with the Gamecocks you know after a point came into the huddle and started pointing out hey we need to do this this and this and this not not even it being my team I just didn't think about it and then O'Brien goes hey can we keep him like <laughs> I like this <laughs> this is actually working yeah that's cool <laughs> Uh, that's pretty cool. And, and that's, uh, again, um, one of the things I just wanted to kind of just dig into because I'm like, okay, well, how's, how's being a linebacker? Because obviously you want to say, okay, receiver, duh, catching, quarterback, duh, mm-hmm. throwing. Um, but being a linebacker, um, I don't think I've interviewed one before. So being able to kind of dig into that a little bit more, it just makes sense. Just having that <laughs> continuous flow of communication, you're in the center of it all and you're relying on yeah. you guys to let you know what's going on. Um, one one of the thing I wanted to kind of stick on was so swimming. You'd said that um, you know it's a very unique sport. Um, you'd meant, meant, made the comment of like, you know, you can't really yell at your teammate because they're submerged underwater. So like, <laughs> yeah, it requires a lot of mental toughness. So how how does that translate into your team? Like how 
like if you're looking at it from like a captain's perspective like how does that help that it's so i th- i think that um mental toughness is more going game to game um you know you can't make up for what you did in the last point or the last game so you, you have to shake it off and move on to the next and you know recognize what you've done and then improve on it or you know or don't do it depending on what the mistake is so say one point uh i'm not pump faking like i should you know i don't i don't focus on that mistake in my next game you know i i recognize it beforehand and then i go out and play my game and then i reflect afterwards so i don't carry that chip on my shoulder because i don't want to be focused so much on one aspect of my game that it affects the rest of it i i have to have faith in myself and be mentally tough enough to know that hey I recognize this happened. Now I need to go out and make sure it doesn't happen again, but I can't let it interfere with the rest of my gameplay. So when you're swimming, it's almost like the same thing. So I was a butterflyer. And uh, when we were in relays, you know, I, I did have to depend on my team, but um, I started off the uh, the relay. And, you know, if if I'm in my turn and my hand slips or you know i I do a uh, push off the wall and i'm too deep you know i can't let it affect me when i go into my individual event you know i I have to have faith in myself that i've done this enough times that i know how to do this right and i'm going to do it right so it's more of being able to brush things off than um than really anything nice yeah, and if you're watching the video, you notice I talk with my hands a lot, and I I, uh, I do this to Miles all the time. Where you know I'll I'll be sitting in my chair at my desk, and I'll move away from the microphone because I'm like actually reenacting things at my desk. <laughs> so if I start to move away too much, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I mean I I, I fidget a lot when I'm when I'm uh, interviewing. I noticed, um, so I totally get that, but. Um, that's cool. I, Cause I mean, you know, people get into, um, I'm trying to think of what we call it. Um, it's like a mind trap, I guess. So you just, you make one mistake and that's just like a, you know, the, it just, it's a domino effect after that. Cause you just beat yourself up over it. So yeah, you get tunnel vision and then, you know, you think, Hey, I need to block my feet better. And then next thing you know, you're getting faced. So it's yeah. like, you can't focus, you can't pinpoint too much. I would, uh, now is that something for some of that, that, was introduced to dodgeball without any real conventional sports. Is that something that you can work on? Do you think? Like, and how would you? As far as, so someone that's just walking into the gym and didn't play any sports growing up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Just like, is, is there such a thing where you can develop mental toughness over time? Obviously like you're not, you can't practice something this weekend and then be set next week, but how would you develop that if you didn't have swimming I mean, or you, you could take that to, to all aspects of your life. I mean, um, Say, say you're looking at your job. I mean, I'm, I'm in sales and I make mistakes all the time. And if I'm going to let one mistake slow me down so much that I have to go back, triple, double check everything, I'm not going to get anything done throughout the day. So <clears throat> even in things, places like work, you know, I make a mistake. All right. I acknowledge this. I know that this was wrong. I don't need to, you know, come up with three different checks so that I do it right next time. But yeah, I have enough, have to have enough 
confidence in myself and my ability to know that, you know, next time I'm going to be doing this right. Um, so things like work, things, if you have hobbies at home, you do just let, let stuff roll off your back. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's good. I mean, it, it took me kind of a long time to understand there's like no such thing as perfect. Um, mm-hmm. if the paralysis by analysis and then just beating yourself up, if you, yes. if you screw up, um, to just kind of, like you said, let it roll off your back and, you know, take a bet on yourself, you gamble on yourself a little bit more like, okay, maybe I won't do that next time or it won't be as bad. Um, but that that's, these are the kind of things I really wanted to dig into. So, um, I'm glad we don't really have a limit on time. So, I oh, man, I, I got all night. I drank a cup of coffee. I'm good. Oh, fantastic. I'll, I'll make good use of that then. <laughs> um, and also just nerd moment. Uh, so I looked it up. Hydrodynamic is an actual word. So, oh, sweet. Yeah. Were, <laughs> Look you, at me. You're right on there. So <laughs> I appreciate that for sure, man. Um, well, let's go into, so I guess. It kind of makes sense. You know, you liked dodgeball. Um, did you have any experience playing dodgeball before you got into the NCDA with CMU? I did not. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I had experience with is that I saw that they have it or that they had it in their club sports on their website. Um, I, I actually found it on accident because I was looking for their club swim team because I knew that they had a swim team back in the day and I knew that it was gone, but I wanted to see they still had a club that was around and I saw like dodgeball on the drop down list. I was like, Oh, I have to see what's up there. That's awesome. It, it sounded like you had a, a, a linear pathway. So that's why I had to ask like, okay, it sounds like you were just really spoiled. You, you had dodgeball as a kid and then boom, it just makes sense that it's here in college. But to hear that you kind of stumbled upon it on accident looking for swimming is funny. And that actually makes your story even better where, <laughs> you left a pa- you left a, like a practice like halfway in you're like f this i'm gonna go play dodgeball yeah <laughs> you want to kind of re- reiterate that a little bit so you show yeah up to swim so club and what happened yeah so it, it turned out that um when i was looking for that uh, club swim team when i finally found it when i was on campus i went over to their booth on um um i forget what they call it um some kind of day where they bring out all the club sport booths it's like and, rush uh, week or something or a uh, main stage. That's what they call it okay. at central. Um, so main stage is like the first weekend after everybody moves in. And so I went and found the swim booth and found out when the first practice was and, uh, found the dodgeball booth as well. And, um, didn't really talk to the guys, uh, just kind of, you know, wrote my name down. Cause I thought, eh, we'll see what happens. And, uh, so I got an email from both club presidents and captains and stuff. And it turned out that the practice was on the same exact day. And, uh, I think they were like a half hour apart or something like that. And I had talked to my roommates about going to play dodgeball. I mean, they were, uh, baseball, football players and stuff too. So I said, Hey, let's just, you know, go hurl balls at each other. And, uh, I was like, but I got to do this thing first. You guys let me know how dodgeball is and we'll reconvene afterwards. So I got to, got to the swim practice and it was real clicky. And, uh, I, you know, coming from somebody that's super competitive, seeing how they weren't taking the practice very seriously. I, I get it. It was their first practice of the year, but I was like, man, I don't want to do this. This is why I didn't go swim in college. Like, I, I want to have fun. So I got out of the pool and walked next door into the gym where the practice was and, uh, started chatting up the captains and, um, 
yeah, it was Pat Fisher at the time and uh, was still dripping wet. I was like, Hey man, like, is this for real? Like, are you guys serious about this? He goes, dude, yeah, we were like national runner ups last year. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm playing this from now on. <laughs> so didn't go to that practice, just watched. And then the next practice came back and uh, I guess the rest is history. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's just like, screw this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go play dodgeball. Like that, that's <laughs> how many times you want to say that, like at work or <laughs> just in, in life, like F this, I'm playing dodgeball. Dude, I wish I could play dodgeball at work. Just oh, line them up and something, knock a few of them around. <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned something. Maybe we can talk about later on. Uh, with when you're looking at like your ten year vision of that, I was just like, God, please, um, let that be a thing. But um, maybe we can tease that later. But uh, yeah, yeah, just the. <laughs> I, was, I was cracking up. I because I, I pictured it like I literally pictured you just getting out of the pool. Like this is dumb. I'm gonna go play dodgeball, and that's not something you would ever expect <laughs> when you're younger you know you don't you never thought you would right just it uh, goes against all conventional sports it like. does but then <laughs> to people like you and myself people that play dodgeball like yes yes welcome like that that is yeah. that is destiny calling right there <laughs> so uh so you uh, play for cmu um and was this so i think you said 2010 is when you started playing with him uh it would actually yeah 2010 uh fall of 2010 started playing with them yeah and um were they, because I'm obviously out, an outsider to the national uh, NCDA, but were, mm-hmm. were they, like, you said they were, like, the runner-ups. 2011, they actually became the champion, right? They finally broke, I think, the dynasty that, that Grand Rapids was doing, or can you kind of explain where they were in that, yeah. that timeframe? Um, so Grand Rapids had won the last four straight, and they were going for five. Um, and... I, I think they were also undefeated maybe. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah, we, uh, we went down to uh, Western Kentucky and we had some animals. Dude, I, I was telling miles, I will put that team in its prime up against anybody. And I'll take that team 10 out of 10 times. Um, <clears throat> but uh we kind of kind of came in people knew who we were and uh knew that we had a you know puncher's chance but um everybody knew grand valley was going to be going all the way so when we got seated on the opposite side of the bracket of them you know we we got real excited that hey this this is how it's going to end up like this is going to be the cinderella story uh we're, we're going to keep them from getting that fifth ring we went out there and handled them i was 18 to 1 Oh, that was, um, that was our season. Okay. So yeah. Bryce, I was going to say, Bryce. holy crap. Yeah. That was a handling then if that was, <laughs> no, no, no. That okay. was, that was our season record. Uh, Bryce Corian made those shirts 18 and one. The only, um, the only match we lost was we lost to grand Valley at, um, the Michigan dodgeball cup. It was the only match we dropped all year. Um, so we got the 18 and one, but, uh, we ended up with the national title. So I guess I'll take that. Yeah, I'll say it's a good trade. Um, yeah, because combo breaker, you guys. I want to say like you guys crippled them so bad that they lost the following year. Uh, I think to Saginaw Valley. Yeah, yeah, they lost to Saginaw. They lost. Um, I mean, so did we. But um, oh wait, no, the follow that year we only lost. I think two or three people. And then the following year we lost a ton. But that after uh, the 2011 nationals, 
they lost they were decimated after that and uh i don't even remember how far they made it um in 2012 just just crippled them that's uh i mean it, it's really impressive to just looking at the uh the champions page and just seeing gvsu all over the place but then just the little blip of nah central music just got it and then uh, saginaw and then yeah. they got it all over <laughs> again um until Towson messed them up last year but um what was i guess uh it's kind of a, a, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. Um, Cause Miles said you had like the hook was, you saw this was like a legitimate thing. Like you already kind of let down from mm-hmm. swim club kind of being lame. Um, but I guess like, cause I'll, I've never experienced this. Um, and a lot of people from like the West and, and the East and the South there, I say, you know, we don't have the national collegiate dodgeball association experience. Like mm-hmm. what was it like just seeing not yet. how, yeah, not yet, <laughs> hopefully soon. Yeah. But what's it like uh, coming in and seeing, you know, this game where you played variations as a kid to this is taken very seriously? Like, yeah, um, you know, it it was kind of like playing sports in high school. Um, it, it was it, it kind of took me back, I guess I should say. Um, personally, it was like getting back out on the field underneath like the Friday night lights, so to speak. Um, it, it gives you that competitive uh void like when i when i left to college i didn't go in knowing what was going to fill that void and once you know swimming was a letdown i needed something and when i found dodgeball it but it it more than filled that void because it was something that dodgeball is funny in a way where if you beat somebody it's it's more than just winning it's almost like <laughs> this is going to sound terrible but it's almost like you you're more masculine than them like it's it's just something that drives you i guess especially in college when you know you are at one of the peaks of your athletic ability and to go out on the floor and just prove to another you know group of hormone frenzied guys that are also in their peak that you're better than them and i know that sounds terrible to say but that that's that's what it was right. and uh it, it just it just fueled that drive to to do more in the sport and to continue on with it i like what you said about how it if you play, if you grew up playing conventional sports and most people, you know, you go into college and you're not, you know, you're not playing, you're, you're just studying at that point. You kind of just like give up that, this thing that you've been kind of used to for so long, it, it creates that void. And I feel like dodgeball is a great, like, it's a great opportunity or a great way to fill that because you, you get various levels, of course, but you get like the experience of having practices, of having teammates, of having camaraderie, of having victory, of, of having, like you were saying, like just that opportunity to to train for something and be better and then throw in some ego because obviously you're young and you know you want to beat the, the other guys um right i, I think even put now, it much like, more eloquent eloquently than I right did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh, funny because i used to do uh when i ran to some dodgeball back in the day we used to do frat boy frat tournaments so like sororities would host this tournament and they pit each frat each frat team against each other and it was a freaking nightmare and i would just what I wouldn't give to give like 
an actual NCDA college team, free ranges wreck everybody because it you got that like a room full of testosterone males just trying to throw dodgeballs at each other. It's it's nuts, but like yeah, and they think they're, they're they think they're so good, and they think they're just like oh we're gonna we're gonna dominate everybody, and it's like no nah, man, just like you take like the weakest team in elite, and they'll mop the floor with you. <laughs> yeah, we uh we used to do that during uh, Greek week. You know they would um our student athletic center. Uh, they would do like, I don't know what you would call it, like a all nighter or whatever. And, uh, so the dodgeball team would come in and yeah, we'd, we'd be promoting a little bit, but yeah, we'd get some of those frat boys that we would have to hold back a little bit, but oh, there was times where you would just want to light kids up. <laughs> yep. I, I would just remember rapping like, I, I wish I could just throw one, just one ball. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> come on just give me one just give me one i remember one time we uh we, we did a tournament and the fools had the audacity to challenge the refs because we we ref so you know we're wearing street clothes jeans two on dodgeball mm-hmm. shirt whistles whatever and we just destroyed them and they look so sad they're like we thought we were hot crap until the refs beat us badly that's <laughs> <laughs> great oh, it, was, it was it was satisfying i was like we probably shouldn't have done that we just ruined their day but um <laughs> Yeah, just different. Uh, I mean, hopefully one day, you know, U of A, ASU, um, any of you out here in the Southwest and in the West Coast, we'll, we'll get to see that because it's, it's, I think it's one of the, if I could change like, well, there's a few things I would change about dodgeball and we'll, we'll get into that later too. Just to want to hear what your, your perspective is. But if there's one thing I would, mm-hmm. I could change like tomorrow, it'd be like NCDA chapters everywhere, not just yeah. Midwest, Great Lakes, Northern area, just everywhere. It's such a, it, it's a, I feel like it still has so much potential. Um, one of the things I want to ask you too is like, so you tra- obviously you, you transitioned to, to elite. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have a hard time uh, adapting from NCAA dodgeball play to elite? Um, at first, yeah. The, the only thing that really was throw me uh, was the hard boundaries. Um, at Central, we used to do racquetball room practices. Um, so I was used to the close quarters and uh but yeah the the hard boundary was the only thing that got me and it, it got me a few times before i finally learned to fall inbounds instead of being able to um keep one point of contact like in the ncda right what about in the like the mental sense of because you have people that like oh i only play pinch or i only play foam i'm not gonna try point five, or i'm <laughs> like was um, there any the, the, yeah that uh that that threw me a little bit when um but i guess looking back at it i'm almost a little bit hypocritical now but um being able to play 8.5 open open was like i understood it but when you call something an open i feel like that's contradictory to what our open is i understand it's open hand but when you when any other sport calls something an open it's almost like a free for all. So when I think open, I think, Oh, that you should be able to pinch in that as well. There shouldn't be any limiting factors. Um, so that threw me at first because coming from the NCDA when pinch, you know, that's what everybody did. Everybody was pinching. Um, that took a little bit to, um, convert over to, especially with blocking. Cause when I I'm blocking with my offhand, I'm always in a pinch cause I do not want to drop that ball just in case. Um, yeah. And then when, when people don't play pinch, th- that frustrates me to this day. Huh? 
So you said open because you said open hand. Yeah. So, um, I, I just was referring to when when you call something an open, it it makes me think that, you know, we're open to all ideas. I, okay. I guess is the best way I can put that. Gotcha. So, instead of, um, it, open is more limited in my mind when but when you call something an open it should be open to everything does that make more sense it does uh and i was just curious okay. like does he think that's why it's called open is <laughs> like it's open because it's like open gender like male female can play so mark correct me <laughs> oh. if i'm wrong but uh yeah i was like i gotcha that's okay i, I guess that kind of works you know open hand because you're not pinching but you're ducking or whatever clamp i guess but yeah like this is me just having a moment but um <laughs> no you're good <laughs> let's hear all sides of it oh yeah it'll, it'll come out um <laughs> what uh do you are you one of those like can you talk about like your style of play like do you consider yourself a defensive player offensive sounds like you you take like an active role in coordinating what's going on with your team but what would you consider yeah. yourself um so I, i'm this stems back to um at central actually so when i came into uh, Central Michigan, my freshman year, we had cannons. Like I had said, we had guys that were just guns. And so I was like, all right, whatever. you like, you guys go ahead, do that. I'm going to sit back. I'll catch. Nobody knows who I am. So it's going to be perfect. <laughs> and uh, fast forward two years later when we lose, I think it was 11 starters. And it's like, oh, okay nobody else really has dodgeball experience except for me and three other guys. So I'm probably going to have to start throwing now. So I became a very well-rounded player. Um, and it, it's funny because I always thought to myself as somebody who was um, primarily a catcher, you know, I would shadow a lot. And then when I would talk to people towards the end of my college career, a lot of people were like, no, dude, you throw hard. Like you're a thrower. No, I don't. What are you talking about? Like I've seen people that throw hard and it's not me. <laughs> and, um, so it was weird to hear that at first, but, um, I, I always took that leadership style wherever I went. Um, hmm. so once, once I, you know, once central gifted me the team, essentially, um, I took that leadership into that and just tried to spread all of the dodgeball knowledge I knew onto everybody that was coming in. And it got to a point where even if I didn't want to be, I had no choice, but I had to be a leader. And ever since then, um, it's just kind of always been this way. And, you know, I've tried, I've tried playing corners or wings or whatever you want to call it. And, I, I don't like being in the box. Um, I like having free reign. So when I play middle, I, I tell everybody that my position is the Atari logo. So I'm going to come up middle and direct the show. And then when I come back, I might come straight back. I might come back right. I might come back left. It's not going to affect you guys at all, except for you have one more person on your side. So <laughs> it's going to be a surprise for everybody. <laughs> That's uh, sorry, rabbit hole. I mean that. So dodgeball is still like competitive dodgeball scene. The scope, whatever, is still evolving, right? And even mm -hmm. right now, you said you know corner or wing or whatever you call it. Like 
imagine someday somebody's be like, yeah, we're, we're running Atari. And that's just basically center guy <laughs> is doing what you just described. And it's just like, that's what I love about this still is like it's so much stuff is still up for like, not for grabs, but just how you start, how do you label certain things? Like, um, right. We're on the ground floor right now. Yeah. It's just really exciting. But, uh, I mean, that's like a perfect way to, I can visualize it very perfectly now. And if I ever do see you play, I'd be like, ah, yes, Atari, he's running it. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, we'd have to kind of post that up somewhere for all the young people. I don't remember what Atari is. Yeah. That's no, they make games still, right? I think, I think they're still around, but, uh, so you have, I I um, think they're on a lot of, uh, throwback t-shirts and hipster stores. Yeah. We'll do, um, just have to throw like a, an image on there on, on the thread yeah. once this episode <laughs> drops. Just just check it out. You'll 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 understand why. Um, yeah. Sergio's actually really good at this. He'll probably just label this entire timestamp. Thirty eight minutes. Mark Atari. So, in case you're listening. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so yeah. So you started off catching, kind of evolved to a thrower. Took more of like a leadership role. Has that changed much uh, moving into Gamecocks? Um, not really. I mean, I I don't. It's being on the Gamecocks is great because we have so much dodgeball IQ around us. I guess I shouldn't say I have it around me um, that I don't really have to communicate with the, with the guys as much as I would, you know, with um, NCDA in NCDA players, because a lot of the times it was guys that didn't have much dodgeball experience. I think we did the math one time and we have like, 60 some odd years of dodgeball experience on the team. So we can communicate with a lot of nonverbals, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have guys that can throw, so I don't have to, I I'm able to be more of a f- utility kind of like, um, amoeba type player. So I can just, if a guy goes down, I can fill in if need be, if not next guy up is, and we can continue to run the same style of play. So more of a utility player, which is really cool. And it allows me a lot of freedom and the guys, I, I would hope that they've, they've adjusted to kind of my play style and they, they, uh, they kind of know what I'm going to be doing. Gotcha. And if not, I mean, they'll hear about it during the huddle. If they don't oh yeah. With you. Yeah. I'm not going to be quiet about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you played other styles? Um, obviously, I want to just say 8.5 pinch is probably your favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it's it's my, I guess home base is the best way to put it. Um, pinch is my home, my bread and butter. Um, open, open's grown on me. Uh, I, it, uh, it allows everybody to be a little bit more versatile. Um, where I guess in the North specifically, I I think I use this reference. Um, a lot of players in the North, it's, you just stand and bang. It's like heavyweight, uh, UFC fighters, you know, they, they stand up and just throw bombs at each other. And that's kind of like what pinch is, but, um, with open, it allows you to be a lot more dynamic. And I I like that a lot and it, it is growing on me more. Um, I've also played no sting, which when I first played it, um, I liked it, but you know, it wasn't 8.5, but since then it has grown on me. I have a no sting ball now at home and 
um, I enjoy it. And I, I would love to see the North implement it more. The only thing that sucks about it is usually they run no sting at the same time as pinch. So I can't pick both and I'm not going to pick no sting over pinch. Yeah. That, that'd be a weird day. I think anytime mm-hmm. uh, a pinch heavy team or player chooses no sting over, over what. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, so pinch 8.5 open, then no sting would be your top three. Yeah. And you know, I understand foam. I get foam. Well, I, I'm not going to spoil this for later because I, I scrolled down a little bit, but, um, you know, foam, I like it, but I'm not going, I, this is what I told Felix actually about, um, going to what was supposed to be round one in the North, which was the cloth and foam tournament. I told Felix, you know, my, my shoulder only has so many throws in it. Um, and if you look at it, like, like an engine having so many hours or whatever on it, I don't want to waste those hours on something that I don't think is going to be, I guess the moneymaker of dodgeball. And we can get into that more later on. Um, but that, that, that's how I personally feel about foam. Definitely get into that. Um, and I, I think I, <laughs> I, I'm like, where did he, where did he scroll to? Like, did, was it the Austin Deeks joke? Cause I took that away before I, I think before he had a chance to look at it, but, um, heck yeah. Okay. Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely revisit that in a, in a, in a few. Um, yeah. So I guess, I think if I heard correctly, you, you didn't really have any role models growing up, but you mentioned a Steve Good, I think, or am I blurring? Steve Cook. Cook. He okay. was, yeah, he's a uh, men's physique competitor. Um, and uh, th- right as I was getting into fitness real heavily, he was kind of getting big in the YouTube scene. So, you know, he he was like the, I guess, the internet mentor that took me through um, bodybuilding and really taught me a lot of my lifting experience at first. Um, But yeah, as far as like a lot of people have like a lot of sports role models and stuff, I guess I I really didn't have any. Um, I mean, I, I, this is a weird, but I'm a big Denver Broncos fan. And the only reason I became a Denver Broncos fan is because my dad's a huge Miami Dolphins fan. And we went down to Miami um, to watch them play. And they just so happened to be playing the Broncos. And so just out of spite, not that I'm like spiteful against my dad or anything. It was just more fun to be devil's advocate. Um, I would cheer for the Broncos and the Broncos won. So I just kept cheering for them and it just drove my dad nuts. And it, I thought it was hilarious, but <laughs> so I, this was back when, you know, John Elway and Terrell Davis and John Lynch and all these guys were, um, tearing up the league. But, um, yeah, this the, I really didn't have any anybody that I looked up to that I thought I want to be like Mike. Like I just didn't have that. Right. I I'm just laughing because like, well, first of all, I thought it was Steve Good, so I was trying to research him real quick <laughs> earlier. And I was like, woodworking? I I guess like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify that one because I'm I'm really curious now. Like how how do you go from all that you talked about to woodworking? Yeah, but uh, but I was, I was laughing because like, um, 
it's funny you mentioned like your favorite football team is because your dad to despite him mine is the cowboys i i just inherited that from my dad uh, i inherited it from him i'm sorry i knew that was it's you know what you just people people should know uh yeah there is hey, a dark how do you feel me. about uh that uh, offer to dak 175 million not Whew. he's not worth it i, I no. i'm hoping they resign him just because i'm not a big cowboys fan <laughs> yeah. I, I just the guy hasn't done anything at all um no I, I except just, have cool dance moves you know he he started off really well but <laughs> I feel like they got rid of Roma way too soon. I, I feel like they just finally had the line and, and the weapons with uh, Ezekiel to give Romo time to actually be a quarterback and not always have to scramble and get injured. But um, right, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excited. Um, <laughs> we won't pick that wound. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a wound that's been gaping since '96. So I mean, it's. But I would say no son of mine should I ever have a kid will ever go against the cowboy lineage. So uh, it's that's that's pretty pretty bold of you. <laughs> and cool yeah, I did it with uh, with college teams as well. My dad is a U of M fan. Um, I actually have a semi decent story about why I'm a Michigan State fan. Um, but yeah, same thing. He was a big U of M fan, so I just cheered for State. But then um, my grandpa actually went to Michigan state and he would get um, season tickets for the football games every year. And so we got to go. And since the time I was probably six, seven, I don't know, until, <clears throat> until the time I was probably 14 or so uh, would be going to Michigan state football games all the time. Gotcha. That's funny. Though. I, w- I would, I w- I'm not going to say I would disown my, my kids if they did that to me, but I would, <laughs> I would not take it well. <laughs> that's funny because um so the seven-year-old here uh carter he we're getting him into flag football this year and uh i i had no idea that this was even set up i was gonna i'm a, i told everybody in the league that i'd help out and be an assistant coach and stuff and it just so happened that he his team is the broncos and they sent us a nice. jersey and everything and i got so giddy and excited i was like listen we're gonna go and we're gonna tailgate and everybody thinks we're gonna be the craziest people around because we already have all this bronco stuff and people are gonna think we're just die hard on this seven-year-old football team but it's gonna be stuff we already have in the house <laughs> <laughs> like why are they going so hard on this it's a kid yeah <laughs> oh it's gonna be great it's funny hopefully we'll see some of that on, on social media on the facebook um oh i'm sure we will <laughs> that's cool um Kind of, I have to ask now. Do you, do you foresee dodgeball in his future? I mean, do you think he'll pick up and? Um, I see it more in her future than his. So really? our, our four year old Sophia, she is, she loves it. She when I get back from dodgeball weekends, she wants to see all the videos. She wants to go throw the ball in the backyard. She's got a little Star Wars ball that um, we throw around, and she's already got a gun. And what's crazy is. I don't know if she's right-handed or left-handed yet. She just throws both. with both. And so she, she might be a, uh, a danger coming up. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool that there there's, there's, um, for me again, dating myself and, and old man moment, just being able to, to know that there's going to be dodgeball, you know, five, 10 years from now when, when she's grown up and there, there'll be places for her to play. Whereas when this whole thing first started back before the movie or right as the movie exploded, and the National Dodgeball League took over. It, the future is very uncertain. Um, oh, yeah. And for us to come as far as we did, um, us as in just the entire community and, and where we're going, um, it, it's really like 
what the word is. Uh, we might get into it later on. So I kind of just push pause. It, it's just really cool to be able to just know it. It's there will be dodgeball when I'm when I'm done. So yeah, but, and that's um, like like I said, like we we are on the ground floor. We're on the launch pad. Like it, I, I can't wait to see what the next even two years is going to bring in the league, let alone five or ten. Yeah, I wish I could go back to. 25 or 2005 2006 year old me like just check out what's what's in store 15 years from now yes you're still playing but also <laughs> let's forget about that part but just look how far it's come um it, it, it would blow my my mind i would I'd just be like wow why can't yeah. it be sooner but it's still it's it's incredible when you when you look back but um let's kind of go into a couple of, i guess like the staple crowdsource questions uh, we did get a couple mm-hmm. um but one of the ones I, I do like asking is um if you have a pregame ritual and if you do what is it so my pregame ritual, um, and this kind of started back when I was swimming is, you know, I'll just put earbuds or something in and I separate myself from everybody. Like I'll, I'll go walk down a hallway where nobody is and I'll bring a ball with me. And I, I start to just kind of get in that headspace. Um, it doesn't matter what music I'm listening to or anything, you know, I'll just play something on Spotify, um, and hope that, you know, maybe a song I like comes on, but it's more of just, um, a distraction from every other sound. And it's, I can run things through in my head. Um, and I bring a ball with me. This is going to sound corny, but I, I, I try to get (laughs) connected to the ball. Um, you know how, you know, whenever, you you listen to old sports references is like be the ball yep so that's that's what i do i'll go maybe do a couple stretches i'll have the ball with me i'll do a little bit of um hand-eye coordination you know I'll, i'll bounce the ball off a wall with one hand um but really i'm just taking the time to kind of center in myself and block everybody out so that way when i get on the court like it's game time. Like I'm focused. It's, I guess it's almost like a meditation, um, that I just do That's what I was thinking. away from everybody. Now, do you see yourself? Like, do you see the ball becoming like an extension of your body or are you just like really just internalizing every aspect of what the ball represents? Like dodgeball, moving, catching, throwing, being aware no, of the other I, person's intent, that kind of stuff. I would say it's, um, like an extension of my body because, I don't know what everybody looks at. I I guess when people look to catch a ball, I could, if I see a release point, I don't have to have my eyes open the rest of the time. And it's like, I I, I can, I know where that ball is going to go. So I don't watch like the ball come into my chest or anything. I, I watch that release point and then I'm already moving. So it, it, it's almost like, that, that extension's coming back to me and I'm already looking at like my next play. Now I don't always catch the ball. Um, I mean, the speed varies quite a bit, but, (laughs) but it's, it's like I, when people throw weird curves and stuff, the release point tells it all to me. It's crazy. I bet there's people that'll say like the feet tell me where it's going to go, or I'll just wait until that thing banks at the last second and I'll know exactly where I'll just feel it. Like there's, what I love about one of the many things I love about dodgeball and why I think I'm I'm still hooked to this day is I don't know how this happens. 
after playing for so long, but I will just flip out and catch like three or four balls in a row immediately. But if you, if you throw a cross court at me, like I'll probably drop it because I've spent too much time thinking about it. And Dude, I, the amount of times I've dropped change-ups, uh, <laughs> it drives me insane. You're just like, why? <laughs> yeah, you get you get in like that, that flow state of mind where, you know, you can't think about it or else you get out of it. But if you're, you're, you're playing, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, um, that's exactly where I was going. The flow so. state. Okay, yeah. Yep. So you get into that and you're unstoppable and then you know as soon as you think oh i'm in this state then it's oh you're out of it now sorry dude like what were you thinking trying to think about what you're doing yeah trust me i've had pretty solid flow state moments and i've also had like are you you, how how did he that was a rainbow how how did he drop that (laughs) is is he okay maybe he needs to retire i think he's done yeah uh, it's it's one of those moments where like in football you come on rookie complete the catch before you turn to you know get the touchdown you have to actually catch the ball first it's like i'm i'm already thinking i caught the ball so i'm looking to already light the kid up across the court but i haven't even caught the ball yet yep been there somebody like catch the i'm gonna catch this ball i'm gonna hit this one guy and then i go this way and you catch the other ball i'm like oh wait i forgot i'm walking to the queue because i didn't do any of the i didn't even do the first stop (laughs) yeah exactly step no, it's it's the flow state, and that's I, for some reason I I could suffer. You know, if you look at open gym, I could suffer two three hours of just complete tomfoolery and, and just sucking. But if I get like five seconds of flow state, it's worth the entire thing. Like I just oh yeah, I love that mindlessness. And dodgeball is the only thing versus like the occasional line drive I would get playing you know second base or left field in, in baseball. That was the only thing that just continues to give that to me. So until that stops, mm-hmm. I feel like that's where maybe I'll start thinking about calling it quits. But um, flow state is probably like the best way to describe. Um, yeah. That yeah, awesome it's, feeling. It's uh, it, it's funny that you reference that. That that's what would be <laughs> what what gets you out of the sport. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, those those small small windows of almost like Superman feeling moments make every ball that smacked you in the cheek well worth it yeah he's like but i did that though like yeah I, yeah <laughs> remember this though yeah. don't don't think about what just happened but remember that yeah pay, pay no <laughs> mind to you know i spent the entire game in the queue but but look at that one moment where that coolness just happened like that was right it's such a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a high and it's a rush and i mean just i one more reason to love dodgeball um mm-hmm. so you kind of mentioned <laughs> oh what's up I was just going to say, it's like a love-hate thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, hands. Like, well, you, you just pulled this craziness off earlier. Where are you? But uh, mm-hmm. So you mentioned you don't really have, like, a specific song, or, or do you have, like, I, I guess I don't really know if you have, like, a playlist, or you just said you kind of just put anything on Spotify, you're just more looking for a distraction, but is there, like, any one song yeah. out there that will get you amped up, or? Um, it'll, it, it changes. Um, it's funny. When, when I was swimming, it was always – um Eminem and it was always um lose yourself that was that was my you know I had a ritual where it was as I was getting off the bus I would start it and it would always end about the time I was walking into the locker room so it, it would be perfectly timed and that was the song that I guess triggered the it's game time um, but as far as in dodgeball, it 
really changes a lot. Um, I'm not someone that listens to a specific like genre of music. I listen to about everything. So it, it depends on my flavor of the week, I guess. One month it might be hardcore rock and roll. And then the next it might be some hip hop. So it really just depends. And it, like my Spotify, I'll just throw on a daily mix and hope for the best. Good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, for all the memes, the lose yourself is still pretty, pretty awesome song. Oh yeah. When oh. it comes on, I still can't help, but that inner teenage white wannabe rapper comes out and I have to just yell it at my, the top of my lungs. Yeah. It, it, it stirs something within me, even though I'm, I'm pretty mon- monotone, mellow guy. I'm just like, I feel like I should do something right now. Listening to the song. Yeah. Well, and being from Detroit, it, it has a little extra feels. Oh, nice. That makes sense. Um, so I guess, uh, we'll go into some of the, uh, crowdsource questions. Uh, as I said, we did, we get, a, we did get a couple. Um, I mm-hmm. just wanted to ask, uh, I don't know why this popped into my head. I know Tony Stumpo is not a Gamecock, but every time I think Felix Peroni, <laughs> I think Tony Stumpo. And do you know Tony enough to say who would win in a fight between the two? Oh yeah. Who would? So, so I, I did, I scrolled down and saw this and it did make me laugh. Um, I think that, <laughs> so I'll, I'll say Felix, I think it would win it, but I'll tell you why. So I think it would start off, they would both try to talk each other out of fighting so much that Felix would get frustrated. And I think Tony would would still not want any part of it. And Felix is long. His arms are, he's got wiry long arms. So I, he's got reach on Tony for sure. And I feel like Felix is a little bit of a, a wild card where, remember in Hey Arnold? when like he was going to fight the bully kid do you do you remember hey arnold at all i'm trying to remember uh the kid with the backwards hat yeah yeah, yeah. football head they called him right no 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 yeah. the, the bully was the oh yeah 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 so remember um he he pretended to be like crazy oh he i feel like the, that's he felix the, yeah he played that song <laughs> don't hit me i'm crazy and he freaked him yeah. out oh man yeah i feel like that's felix <laughs> Yeah, I, that's why I had to ask. So, like, I was I was pulling notes, and I, I do, and I keep teasing. I, I do owe um, everybody an evening with Tony Stumpo. And so, when I saw that note, I was like, Felix Peroni, Tony, I, I got to ask this real quick. <laughs> yeah, I think Tony would still be trying to talk Felix out of it, and then Felix would be just snap. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was uh, obviously creeping on your your Facebook earlier. I saw you run the prices right as. Was I was. That? I was wondering if this was going to come up. Had to. <laughs> so walk me through that real quick. What? What? When? What did you do? How did you do? What'd you win? Did you win? Like what, what was uh, that like? Yeah. So I actually lived out in West Hollywood. Um, it had to be 2014. Um, yeah, in between uh, time at Central. So me and two of my buddies just hopped in my car after classes got out and uh drove out there huh. yeah we didn't we didn't have jobs we didn't have a place to live we were just gonna make it work so i when was i on it it had to be in august yeah that sounds right so we had we had gotten an apartment at that point had jobs and uh the guy i was working for was super cool and uh i, I don't know if anybody 
that lives out in West Hollywood area, if you go to LASC on Santa Monica Boulevard, say what's up to Alfredo for me. He's my man. I worked for him for three months or so. He hooked me up. Um, but anyway, uh, he was super cool. So I basically, I didn't work for the store. I worked for him and I was his, I guess, assistant for the summer. And he was really cool about me just he was, hey, just let me know, you know, the night before if you can come into work. If not, cool. Just let me know. Huh. So my girlfriend at the time was actually flying out. And I thought it'd be cool, you know, to do something. So I looked up the prices right and they had uh, a filming every day. They would film two shows, one at like 8 a.m. and one at 11. And um, so I was like, you know what? Let's wake up, go to the early one just in case because I bet the line's long. And if worse comes worse, we make the second show. So we got there early. There was like nobody there. I think we were like the 10th people in line. And uh, so we went through the line. They did all their vetting of like, um, what's your name? And where are you from? Whatever. And uh, I had some people in line that were like, oh, yeah, you really want to like amp this up. And it's like, all right. So, um got all excited and went through and when, when they were seating people, they would seat them in certain places. And I think because, you know, we we're younger, we we're a good looking couple. They put us like right behind contestants row. And, um, they, they told the audience before they started taping that we don't have everybody picked out who's going to be up on the show. So we want to see people that, you know, are into it, helping people out on stage, standing up, like having a good time. Right. And I was like, whatever, like I'm on the, I'm in the crowd at the prices, right? Like I'm going to make the most of this. This is going to be fun. So I didn't get called up for the initial four people, but, um, I was helping people out on stage, standing up, yelling, having a good time. And <laughs> the next person that got called up was my name. And I turned and looked and then just sprinted up. Like, I don't even think I had fived anybody. It was just like tunnel vision to get up there. <laughs> and uh, um, so the first thing that came down was a pair of like Louis Vuitton shoes, a Jimmy Choo purse, and some like black dress. And I had to go first, obviously. And I, I forget what I guess. I think it was like 1800 or something. And I ended up get, being right or the closest. And, uh, so I kept to go up on stage. So I ended up winning those three things, like the shoes, the purse and the dress. And, uh, I played flipper flop and, uh, we went to a commercial break and, you know, so I, I shot, I, I guess I chatted with, um, Drew Carey for a second. I was wearing a Detroit tiger shirt. So he's, Oh, I'm from Cleveland. And, you know, kind of just chatted for a second and then came back and played flipper flop, ended up winning, I won like a, a built in grill, like Island set, huh. like big umbrella and stuff. And, uh, when they, when they announced that I won, I ran over and hugged the model because I thought I'm, a, I'm only gonna do this one. So might as well. And, uh, <laughs> went to, went to the, um, uh, the, what are the, the spinning of the wheel? I forget what it's called now, but, uh, spun the wheel, ended up, uh, going over the dollar and didn't get to go to the showcase, but um, it was definitely one of one of my favorite days of all time. 
That's awesome. Did is there footage of this anywhere or do I have what? Is there footage of this at all? Like of you playing? Um, um I I think so. I know I it's somewhere deep on my Facebook. Somebody like posted it to my wall. <laughs> uh, like like a classmate that uh, I graduated high school with was like randomly watching The Price is Right and I was like, oh hey, went to high school with this kid <laughs> and posted it on my <laughs> Facebook wall. But I think it is recorded somewhere. That's insane. Um, so did you, um, man, we probably do, could have spent half you, an hour on this. Um, do you, do you have an Instagram? Uh, I do. If you go far enough back on, um, my personal Instagram, um, you'll see that like the day after my episode aired, they made a meme out of me. Um, let me see if I can find it here. They, uh, <laughs> you can see me, right? Yeah. All right. So let me see if I can find it here for you. They, they as in they like caught... your, your friend or your friends or like the internet? No, like the Price is Right's actual oh, Instagram crazy. page. They, uh, uh, let's see. Here it is. They, they caught me making my bid and it says, may I bid, sir? That was like one of the first memes I've ever seen, and I thought it was just hilarious that it came from the prices right. So I, I had to throw that back out there. Yeah, we need to. Uh, so in addition to the Atari logo, uh, I think uh, we got we got to post like that picture, the screenshot that, and post yeah, it I'll send threads. it to you right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what what did they talk about? Did they like that? That should make people want to listen for sure. Um, so you won all those prizes. Like, did you like? Do you have to pay taxes on those? Like, how does how does that work? I'm just yeah. Curious. So. There was a lot of taxes on that. Mm. Um, and what sucked is like the, like the shoes and like the dress, I thought, Oh, you know, that'd be cool. I'll give it away as gifts. But because all the prizes are donated, you're just stuck with whatever size that they have. So I I think the, the dress was like a zero and it was like like a size seven shoe or I don't know, but I ended up selling the shoes, um, which was cool after I paid all the taxes, because I had to pay California tax and then I had to pay, um, I, I had to count like as income for like my 2014 taxes in Michigan. So I had to like pay double taxes on it. I had to get it shipped to Michigan. So it was a hassle, but it, it ended up being cool. Um, I think I still have the dress because I couldn't sell it and then I just stopped trying. So I think it's still like hanging up at my mom's house, but I, uh, I gave, I gave the outdoor set to my uncle and he agreed to pay my rent the, the rest of the year at central. So I was like, all right, cool. Fair trade. I'll be able to come use it. I'm going to get my rent for free. This is gonna be perfect. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Um, yeah, I saw that just, like I said, it's kind of scrolling through your, your timeline. I was like, Oh, Oh, I got to ask about this. Um, (laughs) So initially you, you had just decided, uh, kind of backing up a little bit, you just decided to move to West Hollywood. Yeah. So, um, it's funny me and, uh, two of my friends, we actually met in an acting class and I thought that that might be like my future. So, um, I had like two acting classes with these, um, two people and, I did an independent study with our professor at the time that they also did with me. And, you know, we kind of, kind of floated the idea by her and, uh, she was like, now's the time, like, just do it. 
So we're like, oh, all right, cool. Initially, it was supposed to be four of us, but one person dropped, which actually end, ended up really working out because our my car was packed. But yeah, we, we mean, just drove out there, made it work. And I actually have some very crazy stories about how we made it work that we could definitely do a whole nother podcast on. Might take you up on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> just the way this conversation's I'll, going, I feel like, yeah, we'll probably have you on for sure. Again. I'll throw, I guess I'll throw you a little, a little hook for that one. Um, so we were, so the one buddy, he, um, <laughs> he found us a place to live. Well, not, I shouldn't say live, found us a place to stay for the night, uh, or two nights. Um, on a dating app. So we ended up staying, um, (laughs) we ended up staying in this place for about a week, this random, random place. And we all thought we might get murdered, but it really worked out for us that, um, we found our apartment and, um, jobs and stuff through that. It it, (laughs) was, I'm really glad that uh, none of us were like really keeping contact with like our parents at the time because my, my mom for sure would have been on a plane out and like picked me up and flew me home. It's like, I gotta get my kid out of there now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Huh? Yeah. I definitely have to do a little bit of a deeper dive next time. Um, Just cause so many questions now are just popping up. Yeah, um, yeah dude, we'll, we'll do a follow-up, uh, yeah, a part two. We'll have to. We'll have to do like a, a what do you call it, a, a prequel, for lack of better words. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Though. And I, I really wonder, man, like, because, you know, West Hollywood Dodgeball, I mean, obviously that's where Jake Mason comes from. They're pretty massive out there. I wonder, let's assume things had worked out if you stayed there, if Dodgeball still would have got you then, like if you're just... Right. Um no, that's actually funny because it was like the last two weeks I was there, I found out about uh, West Hollywood Dodgeball and I wanted to go. I just didn't have the time um, because the last last two weeks I was out there, my brother and buddy uh, flew out to hang out out in LA for the week and then they were going to drive back with me because um, one of my buddies ended up staying out there and then... Um, it was just going to be the two of us driving back. So they thought, you know, let's all we have to do is buy a plane ticket. So they hopped on a plane, came out to LA for a week and then uh, made the trip back with me. That's fine. I just like, I just love the idea of like, yeah, you were destined to play dodgeball and there's no escape no matter what you do. Even if it's as wild as <laughs> it was, I was LA. surrounded. <laughs> <laughs> it just meant to happen. Um, one of the things I want to ask too, from the, the episode that, where Miles interviewed was um, you you had read wrote a letter to Bill Gates asking for ten thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what would you have done if 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 Bill Gates is like you know what yeah I'm a I'm a I'm a billionaire I, I what's ten thousand dollars here you go kid what would you have done with that? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, maybe rented a gym a couple times. I I have no idea. Um, I'm sure. Uh, I I probably would have asked him like oh wait hey um actually can you just help too that would probably be a lot easier if you just had a hand in this instead of just giving me money <laughs> like, now that i got your attention how about you just you know yeah this for me? yeah I'm, I'm glad you're agreeing to this and i really appreciate it but i could really use a lot of help because i am not an old enough to make any of these decisions 
That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I guess uh, might have might have made some assumptions here. So you you love dodgeball so much. You wrote a letter to Bill Gates asking for ten thousand dollars to help build dodgeball league. I think or just make dodgeball yeah. more. That's hilarious. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to do a dodgeball league, and I figured you know what that he's Bill Gates. He's got billions. Ten grand is going to be nothing to him. Yeah. So there was a little bit of method behind the the ten thousand dollars, but um, and I guess being like a nine or ten year old kid, ten thousand dollars seemed like a million. Seems like it answers everything, right? Like, oh yeah, no, yeah. I could totally you know change the world with with ten grand. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I remember thinking I was like, God, that's it's adorable and hilarious at the same time to think, yeah, ten ten k would solve everything just even now. But you right. could probably do a lot of damage. Not not to discount that at all. Yeah, I'm actually uh I'm I'm gonna try to sneak up to um uh, my mom's this weekend. I'm gonna see if she still has it filed away somewhere. Yeah, you need to. I was uh I was like, what are the what are the chances of him getting that letter and posting that on Instagram right. or something? It's <laughs> awesome. Hey Bill Gates, look where we're at now. <laughs> you had your chance, Bill. You could have invested that ten K yeah. would have been worth at least five hundred K right now, but uh it's not too late, you know. You can yeah. still you can still invest. <laughs> we'll still take you. Yep. Well, Sam Hutter, uh, I should have rehearsed this, but she asks, how many cocks could a game cock flock if a game cock could flock cock? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to censor that because I, I feel like the algorithm might might just let that slide. I feel like yeah. beeping it would, uh, would ruin it. So how many? So I thought long and hard on this. <laughs> Puns definitely intended. Um, and for sure would say 13. Because that's how many cocks are on the game cocks. And, you know, well, I shouldn't say are on the team that are current and past players. Because once you're a cock, you're always a cock. I'm just, I'm curious as <laughs> how many cocks can a game cock flock? So what does that mean? Are, are they or, gathering game cocks and how many could they gather at a given time? And if you say <laughs> once a game cock, always a game cock, does that mean there's just masses of them? Like, Sam, I need more now that I'm reading into this a lot more now than I probably should have. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, well, you know, if, if we're trying to, you know, flock with other flocks, I'm sure it's much higher than 13. That, um, yeah. We, uh, when, when you get the, the cocks out flocking, I, I've never, never had anybody turn down a good gamecock. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for that. <laughs> and uh, I, I must pat myself on the back. I didn't stutter or stumble once. That that took a yeah, lot of concentration. <laughs> so the rest is all just going to fall apart now. But uh, Colin O'Brien, uh, we we kind of talked about this earlier, but he asked, uh, "What was your favorite tournament post NCDA, and why was it the one time you played on Dynasty?" <laughs> Probably because he asked uh, to keep you, right? Or like. Do you want to comment on that some more? What's that? Do you want to comment on 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 that one some more, or, or take that question? Oh, that no, that that was a really fun tournament. Um, you know, I all those guys on Dynasty, I've I've played with for, I guess, ten years now. I've played, you know, against, um, I've played with a few times. So it, it's it's just like playing with old friends. You know, it, they're a good time. Um, I love playing against them, playing with them, especially beating them. That's always a lot of fun. Um. But it, no, it was cool being able to play with them, um, being able to see another team's dynamic. Um, you know, with the Gamecocks, a lot of those guys I didn't get to play with as much when I was coming through the NCDA. Uh, Felix was, I think he had one or one or two years left when I was a freshman, and 
I, I played with Fitz. Well, I shouldn't say with him. I played against Fitz a lot. Um, Ryan, I didn't play against as much. Actually, I think I'm wrong there. I think I played against Ryan just as much as Fitz, but I, I actually talked to Fitz more. Um, but, you know, Colin going to MSU and the rest of the guys going to Grand Valley, we saw those guys six, eight times a year. So you got to be friends with them. And even after some NCDA nationals and stuff, going, going out to bars with those guys, um, hanging out with them in Grand Rapids after the Grand Rapids open, it was a great time. I, I, I as much as I love to hate on those guys, um, I love them at the same time. I mean, I feel like that's where the hate comes from, right? The quote unquote hate, like you guys don't oh, yeah. legit hate each other, but you guys have a lot of fun and I, I love the memes. I love the, <laughs> the the annual prank. I um I still find it hilarious that um they're pass around condoms in twenty eighteen. I still have a couple of those. Yeah, that was just. <laughs> please keep that up like that. I feel like there's there's a healthy level of teasing and and memory that that can transpire, and I feel like you guys have it. And I love that category five is kind of stepping up, and you've got the same thing with uh, syndicate. And um, I would like to see more. And um, but that's you know reasons twenty one and twenty two why dodgeball is so awesome because you can still have a really good on the court rivalry with these guys. You can share beers after. You can play on their team sometimes. You can even go so far as to you know have this hilarious meme war going on. And it's uh it's just awesome. So it's it's fun to yeah. watch. And um, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it I think it all stems from um, you know a mutual respect for, uh, for players, um, knowing that, you know, we're, we're all good friends and stuff, but we all not only respect each other's players, but we respect the game of dodgeball so much that even when we step across the court from each other, we expect nothing less, but they're all. And if, if, you know, if they weren't going to give us their all, it, it would just be, it, it would feel almost disrespectful. Um, if they're not coming out as hard as they would against anybody in the like international title game, um, it, it wouldn't be the same. So being able to, you know, share a court with those guys, having the respect for them and the game, I think it makes those games so much more, more meaningful and so much more fun. Um, Cause I, I think like th- those type of games are the game at its purest form. I, I equate it almost to to like rugby matches where I don't know if you've ever watched a rugby match, but a lot of those times, you know, those guys are out in the field and they want to rip each other's heads off every single second of the game. And then afterwards, no matter what happens, you know, everybody goes out and has a beer afterwards and, you know, has a great time. So I, I think that's a lot of what dodgeball is like as well. I, f- I feel like it should be. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I don't want to go negative because there's obviously some teams where you're like, hmm, I think they really do hate each other. I think there might be a fight right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely there as well. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we being a lot of you know Michigan guys, uh, our our paths cross so much that even if we did hate each other, we would have to get over it because we see each other so often. Yeah, no, I think um, it's kind of cool because when when Justin um, interviewed um, Quan. Um, they were talking about like they, they give off this, like they'll talk a lot of crap. They're, they're very like very competitive on the court, but then off it's they're friendly, they're respectful. It, it's kind of like what you were saying, just a little bit different, just where you have that mutual respect for the team. You're going to give it your all 
you're going to want to beat them. You're going to want to tear their heads off. But once the, it's done, it's back to being, being buddies and having a beer and, and, you know, just continuing to have this like, it's like off court relationship online and, and in person yeah. stuff with, with between the teams. So right. Definitely want to see more of that <laughs> and less of like, okay, I think I really think we need to call security because there, there's going to be some fists about to fly. So right. don't want that <laughs> less, less of that. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, um, this rivalry. So Kevin Bailey, um, he asks, uh, who is your least favorite member of Gamecocks? So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> who is your least favorite member of Gamecocks outside of the obvious choice of Jacob Lesky? So A, do you agree that your least favorite is Jacob? And who is the, the second least favorite? Um, you know, I don't have a least favorite Gamecock. I love all those guys. Um, I will say <laughs> Jake definitely gets on my nerves the most. And I think it's because it goes back to, you know, we've we've been playing together since he joined Central. And so he knows all the right buttons that just get me going. Um, so he he definitely has the ability to get me worked up the most. Um, but yeah, I, I love all those guys. Those those guys, um, you know, they they were as much a part of the the first wave of the NCBA that they're able to one they started out when um dodgeball was you know just goofing around and fun but then they trans or uh, i guess transformed and saw it get to the competitive play that the ncda is today so they have you know the backbone of the fun the camaraderie and being able to um just go out and have a good time but they also have that that edge to them where, you know, they, they want to win and they want to get better all the time. And it's funny now, since I've been on the team, I've been kind of like the go-to for the fitness stuff. So I'll get videos of, you know, Felix sitting on his recumbent bike, get putting work in, or I get people asking me about, um, you know, squat form and everything. So I, I could never say anything bad about those guys. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely with that that teamwork or not that teamwork, that that team like camaraderie, that like almost like brotherhood type thing where it's just it goes beyond the court. Again, just going to that respect with the other teams, but also your own. Um, yeah, and what's crazy is uh, the Gamecocks actually. Oh, I shouldn't say all of them, but um, Jake, in particular, actually saved my dodgeball career. So let's hear about that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. It was going into my third year of elite. And this was when, um, I think we were the, we were the mountain men at the time. And, um, Mike Riley, Wes Peters were still on Kraken and Mike had reached out to me about creating a new team. And we were losing a couple guys on mountain men. So, you know, I was all for it. And, uh, he was like, man, I just don't know. I don't know what the right, the right way to approach this subject with, you know, the guys on Kraken. I, I don't want to burn any bridges or anything. And, uh, so I kind of coached him through it. And, uh, so we, we had a team pretty well set and I was actually in Indianapolis with, uh, Jake Lesky at the time when Mike, <clears throat> Mike shot me a text and was like, Hey man, like 
I really appreciate everything that, you know, you did for me in this transitional period, but I just don't think that we need you on this team for X, Y, Z. So I was in Indianapolis having a good time with Jake and I was like, Oh man, well that sucks. Like that's kind of a really crappy thing to do to somebody that just helped you go through this. Right. Um, and Jake was, Oh, what are you, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't really want to think about it right now. Like I'm just out here having fun. Like maybe I'll just walk away from dodgeball and call it good and, you know, focus on other things. And he's like, well, well, we might have room in the Gamecocks. You know, let me, let me reach out to a couple people. It might not be a full-time position. And I was like, all right, cool, man. It sounds good. Like another excuse to, you know, hang out with you guys and um, go out and maybe play a little bit of dodgeball. I go, it's either that, or I'm probably going to walk away from dodgeball and uh, ended up, I did a year uh, subbing with the Gamecocks. And then uh, last year, last year or two years ago, I don't know, became a full member of the Gamecocks. So without the Gamecocks, wouldn't be here. That's awesome. That, uh, trying to uh, try not to go out and rabbit hole with this one. <laughs> but again, just going to stick with the, uh, yeah, you're destined to play dodgeball for, yeah, for, for, uh, for longer than, than you would think. And, um, now that's just really cool. Uh, and it's, it, it kind of makes like the, some of these interactions that much more funny just because when, when Kevin asked that question, you see, um, both Felix and Jacob ask, they, they react with the, the care meme or the, the care reaction. Yeah. <laughs> it just like, I mean, it's really cool that, there are teams out there like, like this where, you know, they, they can basically save somebody's career. Um, mm-hmm. but it becomes more than just, you're just a number or you're just a spot on the team where you're just like a temporary, um, situation. You find like a home for lack of better words. Um, that's cool. Yeah. And that was a lot of, um, what, what joining the game was to me. It was, you know, these were guys that all came up through the NCDA and these were all guys that, you, you know, they, they liked, the dodgeball experience, but they also liked the actual playing of the game and took it seriously. So um, that's what, when Jake pitched it originally was, you know, these guys want to know that you're going to be serious on the court, but also be fun to have a beer with afterwards. And I was like, dude, that, that sounds great. Like why, why would anybody be against that? <laughs> Sign me up. I'm, I'm in. That's cool. Um, well, speaking of funny, so when I saw the notification that Felix Peroni posted a question, I was like, oh, oh God, what's it going to be? And so he says, uh, would you rather eat one gallon of mayo from, would you rather eat one ga- gallon of mayo one time in one hour setting or, okay, I, I guess I have to rehearse that. Would you rather eat a gallon of mayo in, a t- <laughs> in one two-hour setting or every time you drink anything from a water fountain included, you have to use a crazy straw. So for the rest of your life, and now I understand. Okay, because I, I made the comment. I've read. I was like, that doesn't sound so bad. But if, if this is if this is every time you consume a beverage or liquid, you have to have a crazy straw. So what would you do? What would you choose between the two? I, it's funny because I hate mayo, and Felix knows this because <laughs> Felix is a weirdo that likes mayonnaise, and oh. it, I think it's just disgusting. So I'm taking the crazy straw ten out of ten times for the rest of your I life. I love I love the explanations <laughs> in the comments. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, so 
I like mayo, but when you said I love like Felix loves mayo, I literally just pictured him drinking out of. I, I just I, the visuals are are great. So thank you everybody that participated in this thread. Um, I do want to go ahead and ask this question, even though it wasn't directly asked. But Tina, um, she says to Felix, "A gallon of mayo, who hurt you?" So can you just speculate who hurt Felix? <laughs> do you know him enough to to weigh in on this? Um, you know, <laughs> I, I I don't know who would hurt Felix, but some the uh, the interview with Christine I think is very insightful, and you can take that however you want to take it. Excellent. <laughs> but <laughs> I, that guy. He dips French fries in mayo, and it's just, it makes me gag. I, I think it's the worst looking substance on the planet. Just like it looks like old, gross jello, and just the smell of it's weird. I, I just, I can't take it. The, it's, it's weird. It's like the more you talk about the, the, the more disgusting it, it sounds, but I, I do enjoy mayo on sandwiches, but now I'm just, I'm going to psych myself out of this just like I did with bananas. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah. Hunter Ford asks, uh, hopefully this, I, I feel like this is another inside question. So what are your thoughts on the upper peninsula asking for Felix Peroni? So what does that mean? Yeah, I actually don't know that one. Oh, okay. um, I, I don't know where that comes from, um, but I like the UP. I think the UP is cool. Uh, it's got, it's, it's fun to go up and visit. I don't know if Felix has some personal vendetta against the UP or what, but um, I'm a fan. So, I like going up across the bridge. So okay, so I'm obviously geographically challenged here. What, what does that mean? Like, like Michigan's Upper Peninsula? Okay, I have to. Uh, <laughs> so Google Maps. Is so you, if you look at you know a map because it's cut Michigan, off from, from the lake, there's right? Obviously, like the mitten, and then there's like a territory up above it that's like connected to Wisconsin. Okay. That is also Michigan, but they actually don't touch. So like they're not connected by land. So we have the Mackinac bridge, which is like, I think it's like a five mile bridge that connects the two peninsulas. And there's, there's like a big long story about how we got it, how we basically traded the city of, I say we, like I was there, the, the state of Michigan traded like the city of Toledo in order to get the upper peninsula. I don't know how exactly it worked, but that's where it lies. And uh, yeah, so it, uh, it's fun. I like it up there. The the city of Toledo in- was our was our trade for the Upper Peninsula. So I don't know if the Upper Peninsula was an Ohio territory, and we're like, oh, here you can have Toledo. We'll take the Upper Peninsula. That's weird. I don't I don't know the history on it that much. I just know that somehow Toledo and the Upper Peninsula got swapped. That is strange, and I'm going to research that later because that's yeah. – I'm really curious. <laughs> like, cause, yeah, it, obviously I'm looking at a map because, I, like I said, I'm geographically challenged here, but, like, it does not make sense. But uh, right. all the more reason Definitely why. looks like it should be part of Wisconsin. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so your thoughts are you, you are okay with it, yet you don't yeah, really have it. Yeah, I like it. It's, 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 um, it's very – uh, backwoods up there. Um, yeah. It, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yep. It's uh it's very rural and, uh, mountains, woods. Like I would, I would go as far as to call it the, like the Alaska of the, um, the lower 48. That's fair. I would say it's like the, the great wall. I don't know if you guys do watch game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. I associate you guys as the North. So this is the wall. 
but uh, yeah, because yeah, obviously Canada's where you know, all the all the all the bad guys are. So <laughs> the wild means. But yeah. uh, so we'll go ahead and go into um, like the critical three. Would basically just kind of get like your idea, your input based on your perception and perspective, I guess, of of dodgeball. Mm-hmm. So these are by no means like jabs at anybody, but just from what you've experienced. Um, I definitely like to ask these questions, um, especially since I can get to different regions, but, um, mm-hmm. in your opinion, uh, why do you think dodgeball is still a mostly unknown and unacknowledged sport? I think, I think it has a stigma to it. Um, uh, the, you know, the playground kind of sport, um, that, you know, people, people don't look at it like we play it. They, they think of, unorganized kind of chaotic um a lot of you know kind of wishy-washy rules but whenever whenever you get somebody like gripped up enough to watch some video or you know just check it out even a little bit explain kind of how it's played they get they get grabbed every time um so I, I think it's just it has a lot to do with how dodgeball is perceived growing up versus now how everybody else plays it that they, they don't understand how it transitions, which, you know, you look at football. I, I've been playing football since, I mean, full contact football since like third grade. And when you're playing it at that age, you you have a clear vision of you know this is what the professionals play like this is how it's supposed to be played it's very clear defined set of rules maybe it changes a little bit because you're younger and a few more safety precautions but right with with everything being clearly defined it makes more sense it's funny you say that because earlier when I'd asked um, what style of dodgeball did you play back in 2001 or I was it 2001 yeah or when, Somewhere around when, you, there. when you did the youth thing, because again, my experience was medic, and the reason why I brought that up because it was wishy washy. Mm-hmm. You can you can use dodgeball as a placeholder for any form of I'm going to throw this ball at this kid and he's going to move out of the way, and boom, dodgeball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's a great point because um, that's exact. I feel like because you have to, like the stigma of the movie. I feel like maybe that's not as damaging as it used to be. You have the stigma of bullying, which I don't think is um, uh, that's yeah, that's another rabbit hole. But um, mm-hmm. you have this idea where, like, you as a youth play dodgeball in a different way than than I did, and then somebody your age probably played it different, differently in California. So there really is no, like, standard Pop Warner type of feel right. where this is how the professionals play. This is how the college players play. This is how high school plays. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Um, what, what Do you feel like, um, and this kind of ties into the second question, whereas what, what do you think the dodgeball can, community can do to, like, fix that or help grow the sport so that that's no longer an issue. Um, yeah, I think something that's clearly defined, um, from level to level and has a little bit more structure to it would be, you know, a great place to start out. Also, this is where, you know, I kind of left a little bit of a teaser before. I think that, I don't know how exactly to phrase this. So I offend the least amount of people. Um, <laughs> well, you already started I, wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> that was, that was my plan, you know, get that out of the way. So if people are immediately offended already. So that way it'll lessen the blow a little bit of this, Fair enough. but I think, I think that 
it is. I wholeheartedly believe that foam is the reason dodgeball is not growing more. And I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for that. But if you look at all of the sports that are growing right now, you know, you look at football, you look at um, UFC, you know, tennis is like losing its edge, golf losing its edge, baseball is even losing its edge. The barbaric sports are what are upcoming, what are growing. And, you know, I believe that that's what people want to see. People want to see people doing things that they themselves wouldn't necessarily want to be doing day in and day out. So that's this. That's why I believe that if dodgeball is going to be something that people watch, like week in, week out, people, you know, go see, I think it's got to be like the biggest, the baddest and the most exciting and with foam you just don't get that like when you see somebody get hit in the face with foam you know it's just like uh they're out see ya but if somebody gets hit in the face with an 8.5 pinch ball good night everybody everybody goes silent you could hear a pin drop you know it's got that wow factor It, it has that that grab of you know, people watching on TV doing that ooh and cringing while they're sitting in their recliner. And I think that is what is going to draw way more eyes. You know, it's going to be what you see on top tens or not top tens. Like you're never going to see foam on that level. And I know it's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, but I think that open and pinch and 8.5 are where the sport needs to grow and what is going to bring the sport the most eyes. Because if you don't have eyes, you don't have money and you can't grow. Hmm. <laughs> well, so I got to get the first, uh, the first comment out. Tennis, golf, they never had an edge to begin with. Um, Fair enough. Golf is <laughs> what you do when you cannot do anything else and you just want to drink a beer with your your, your brother and your, your grandpa and your old man and yeah, attempt to sports. Exactly. Um, but baseball, eh, unless you're playing catcher or pitcher, maybe first base, you're not really doing much. So that's my, yeah. Baseball, baseball is no longer America's pastime. Like it, it, it's cool to go to a baseball park, but to sit and watch baseball on TV, whew, four I, hours of doing other stuff while it's on. I, uh, I, I never, I, I playing baseball I kind of, kind of fun i guess um watching baseball no um unless it's at the at the stadium maybe it's kind of fun because what else you can do um but i'm really curious like because foam i feel is is a good way to grow the sport for players because not everybody wants to play pinch not everybody wants to play Mm -hmm. 8.5 some people don't want to play no sting foam seems like that's like the greatest um way to get people into the door to play but now to watch so that we are looking at Under Armour wanting to sponsor us or we're, we're you know, getting those viral videos where people are like, man, you see this kid just get lit up. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of agree, man. Like I, and it, it's funny because I don't necessarily enjoy watching people get hit in the face. I'm more of like a <laughs> man, a poor kid or, and oh, thing, yeah. but there's something ab- about that, that I, I, it's like you said with the UFC, like people 
want that barbaric type of sport. It's, it goes right back to like Roman times in the Colosseum and gladiators and fighting. It's just right. like, it's part of our human nature to just, we can't look away. Like I cannot look away from a UFC match, even though I don't care for it. If I'm at a bar, guess what I'm watching? If it's on, I can't, I can't take my eyes off it. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I totally agree. I think, I think a lot of people do like playing foam and I think that foam does bring out a lot of players. Um, but I, I guess I would say the ceiling is a lot lower on foam than it is on 8.5. What are your thoughts on, um, because, and, and this is, this is making me rethink my whole perception of Dodgemoth because I'm thinking, okay, you know, <laughs> last year was worlds. It was in Cancun. It was probably one of the most competitive, coolest things I've ever seen, but I'm so embedded into dodgeball. Like I just, I can't help but wonder how much of my own bias is saying that versus anybody on Twitch just watching, you know, whatever they want to. They see Dodge like, eh, that's kind of cool, I guess. But mm-hmm. if that was pinch, people are getting lit the F up. Like, do you think that might have had more views? Like, more like that's obviously there's not an answer to that. That just, it's, you're getting right. my ears turning about this. So that's, that's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I will say as somebody that, that is a huge dodgeball fan that, you know, lives and breathes dodgeball is deep in the dodgeball community. You know, I didn't watch that much of worlds. It, you know, it, it just doesn't, I mean, it's cool that other countries are getting together and playing dodgeball, but you know, even as somebody that's embedded in the community, the foam, I just to watch it, it's cool to see some of the, some of the dodges and some of the like curves you can throw with a foam ball, but it just doesn't draw me in. Yeah. And that's, this is another reason why I like asking these questions because, you know, people could say, Oh, well, he, you know, he's from the pinch realm that that's all he knows. But, um, you know, me over here in the Southwest knowing 8.5, I, I get that. Like obviously open 8.5, unless you're Andrew Ketchum, you're not going to light somebody up as a pinch star would, but I totally get mm-hmm. that. Now would this change if I was asking somebody who is known nothing but foam? Um, and it could be, you know, obviously again, this is your opinion, but, there is no right answer that I feel like. I think it's like a a, a, a a combination of just all the above, so to speak. So, but it's definitely something I like talking about to other people and just seeing, you know, if you could fix the thing tomorrow, what do you think it would be and, and why? Um, so the next question then would, would then be, you know, is there something about the current state of dodgeball that you don't like? And if it is, like, what would you do to fix that? Yeah, I, I just think right now the current state of dodgeball is – I, I think it's soft, honestly. I, I think that, you know, <clears throat> if you look at if you look at dodgeball right now, and you look at you know national tournament, you see that there is a clear divide between players that understand where dodgeball can go and should go, and hopefully will go. That than players that are more of a wrecked wreck level wreck style of play. Um, and you know, this, not to go too far down a rabbit hole here, but this is where a lot of the inspiration for ball out came from is I want to see elite level dodgeball being played all the time. And if it has to be a segmented group of people doing that, that's what it's going to take. And if it hurts your feelings that 
you can't play at a certain level, I'm sorry, but that's what professional sports is. You know, I'm not going to cry because I can't play in the NFL. I understand that I'm not big enough, strong enough, fast enough to play in the NFL. And if your feelings are hurt that you can't play in the, the super premier (laughs) circuit of dodgeball, I'm sorry, but I'll be the first one to tell you that I don't feel bad about hurting your feelings. It's funny. How was that? (laughs) Well, it's funny because as you're saying, I don't want to go into rival. I'm literally typing the question for the next series of like, I do want to go there. Um, cause I do want to ask like, you know, the 10 year plan and talking about ball and where you see dodgeball going as a future. But, yeah. um, I, I agree. I mean, I, I feel like again, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but if, if you're not good enough at something, get better or just find something else. And I, I know that sounds really cold and callous. I don't mean for it to come out across that way, but I, I am of the, we should get rid of participation trophies crowd yep absolutely i I feel Mm -hmm. like that is the that is like that is just down a a path i don't feel like we should go like i was always upset when i got a participation i was like this is stupid and i throw it away like right like i just maybe leave it on the picnic table yeah okay my science (laughs) i don't need this (laughs) sorry my corrosion on nickel science fair project was garbage okay you know i hate science so screw this (laughs) no i totally agree and you know and i think that if that divide is around then you'll see a lot more people taking the sport more seriously. And I think that you'll see people, you know, actually doing a lot more work to make that next level. And it's going to bring out a lot more athletes because people are going to see like, Oh, this is serious. You know, this isn't just messing around. Like this is something to strive for. So it's going to, you know, kind of wake up that competitiveness. Like we had talked about before in a lot of other people, you know, that maybe we're ex baseball players that, you know, are looking for, that release, that competitiveness that, you know, they weren't good enough to play in the um, MLB. So maybe they'll try their hand at dodgeball. Yeah. And that's, and so the reason why I was kind of like dancing around my, my follow-up question or whatever I was saying earlier was like, it's there though. Like there are people who like, like Brenda's a perfect example. She tried so hard to make team USA two years ago, didn't make it. So what'd she do? She got freaking, legendary and and made it yeah, and yeah. became busted her butt exactly and that's like there, there's that's why i say like i don't want to sound callous when i said tough or, or get better because the the ones that want it the most and deserve it the most will will take action and will work mm-hmm. for it and then who knows man maybe someday you know catch the standard brenda's the standard like and right that's, that's I, I i want that um that bottom line or i want that base to just keep rising and rising and rising. I feel like it is. Um, sometimes Rebecca uh, Chapel, she'll show me like the latest up and comers comers. I'm like, these guys are monsters. They're just kids. They're just like 1920. Holy crap. (laughs) Talking to uh, the young guns. It's like, there's going to be a point where it's like, uh, mom, come pick me up. I'm scared. Like I'm, I'm too old for this. I'm going to get killed if I keep playing. (laughs) Yeah. I want, that's what I want. I want to be shown out of the gym because you know, I'm, I'm, not capable of keeping up with the level of talent that's in the game now. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, if, if we were to do a deep dive into, you know, when baseball uh, was on the rise or when football was on the rise, um, you could probably even speculate now, like today's football athletes would just kill anybody back in the day. Oh yeah. So it's, there was very few that would still make it in the game right now, even in like basketball, when people talk about like Jordan's era versus uh, bronze era now, and just the level of um, game, how, quickly it's risen 
it, it's unreal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love making this comparison. You take, you can take 2007 to 2009 rise of brutality, right? And pit them against now, like last year's rise. And, and it would just be disgusting. It'd be a slaughter. And like, yeah. you look at competitive dodgeball, I'm using the air quotes at its, at its peak, you know, pre 2012 and you're like these kids had no idea what the heck they're doing out there like they are so lost but that was it could not get any better than that at that time i right. wonder and that's what that's what we talked about in college with with you know grand valley's dynasty it's because they were playing savages three times a week that you know when they came out against somebody you know that was new to the league or they just steamrolled them that's because you go to their practice and you play against against absolute animals you know, yeah. when you walk in the gym and you're there for three hours and, you know, you're either bruised up and tattered and you go home and don't come back or it motivates you. You go and you get beat up, you get knocked down, but you get back up and want to get better. And it just fuels you. That's what happened at Central as well. You know, when when I was a freshman, I had animals that I played against and that mentality that they like they brought to the gym stuck with me and I carried that through my tenure at central. And I mean, look at, I mean, besides last, last year, I guess like the year before um, was the first time that they hadn't made a national title in four or five years. I mean, that it's just that mentality that you walk into the gym with that. Listen, everybody here is a beast and I have to show up ready to play and either come up with something new or get better at something so that I stand out. It's like that saying iron sharpens iron. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I make the joke of like, the good news is we get to play against Ketchum to get better. The bad news is we get to play against Ketchum and it's, <laughs> exactly. it, it makes you better. Like, <laughs> Who do you see, who are you afraid of after after him? Um, if you if you can hang, and I mean, man, it's it's a challenge, but it makes you a better player. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, that's that's how I I became uh, the the catcher I was. You know, I I personally, or I guess I purposefully picked out our two hardest throwers before every match uh, that I played in college, and would tell them, "Hey, let loose! I don't care." if you light up my face pregame, like I need to see these balls coming as hard and as fast as possible so that I can catch everything else that comes at me during the game. And they didn't hold back. (laughs) What, what makes a person like that? Um, a person like, like me, that's just a glutton for punishment. Yeah. I mean, you play football, (laughs) you're linebacker, you're, you're no stranger to getting roughed up. Like how how, how do you Um, recreate that? You know, I think it's um, it's just something that's always been, you know, inside me is, you know, if I'm not the best, whoever the best is better look out because I'm coming for them. Hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'll take a beating any day of the week as long as I know it's me moving forward. So <clears throat> like when I would when I would practice at Central, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't look to do, you know, sitting back and catch like I would do in a game. You know, I would, I would run up two lines and try to do, do stupid stuff and try to get better at that stuff. So that way, when I got into the gym, it, 
it didn't feel as stupid and I had done it in practice. So I, I, I just, I'm glutton for pain, I guess. <laughs> always, yeah, I've always, I, I'm always curious about that. Cause like I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of pain, but if it happens, it happens. Um, so I tend to like try to avoid it when I can, but not to the extent where I'm going to live in a bubble or not play or, or, mm-hmm. or take risks here and there. Uh, but some people just like, they don't give a crap. They will beat themselves down. They will run until there is literally nothing left. Um, so that's just, I've always wondered, like, is that a psychological thing? Is it just something that you're born with? Does it happen with practice? Um, I've, yeah. I, I mean, it's like, I guess it's just somebody that's, a little bit off <laughs> in the head. Um, it, it takes, I guess, a special person to to see the positives that come out of just taking a beating. Yeah. No, rabbit holes. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant to try to avoid those. <laughs> yeah, well, but that, that, I mean, definitely, like I said, when we have you on again, I, I want to get into stuff like that more because that, that's yeah. there's something about this whatever we're about to kind of dance around that I really, really want to get into more and more with, with, uh, with players. And the one thing I did want to kind of ask though, I uh, wasn't really sure where to put this, but I think this is like a great opportunity is, um, you, you mentioned that you'd gotten into weight training. Um, obviously you've, you've become like fitness lifestyle is, is, is part of your life now. I, I think it's more than fair to safe to say, but what is it about it that made you decide this is for me? Like, did you ever have, for example, like for me, for example, like I, I joined so many gyms before I finally, it finally stuck like, no, this is my life now. Like I'm not saying I'm like the you know fitness model out there, but there was times where I was like, no, I don't want to go to gym. I don't want to do this. Um, you know, people like they decide I want to get better. I want to lose weight. I want to run a marathon. Like, did you ever have that moment? And do you remember when it was? Yeah. Um, so it actually goes back to high school. Um, like I said, I was always a chubby kid um, growing up until about my sophomore year of high school when I did join the swim team. And it, it probably helped that I, I grew like six inches from like the summer going into junior year. And, uh, you know, with swim kicking my butt, lost a bunch of weight. And it was, I guess it was very transformative for my personality. Um, it was a lot more confidence and swagger of, you know, you know, I was never, uh, I, I guess I shouldn't say I was never a shy kid, even though, um, I was, I was chubbier and, you know, I was insecure about it, but I was never one that like shied away from it right. or shied away from like, um, opportunities because of it. But, you know, once, once that confidence came, you know, the, the leadership started to develop and, you know, it opened so many doors for me. So once I got, you know, out of swimming and, you know, football weight training and stuff, when I got to college, typical put on the freshman 15 and I, I hated it. And so I, I decided like probably second semester of my freshman year, like I can't go back to this. Like I, I need to form 
good habits now that are going to forever change my life. So that way I don't go back to, to that feeling of being insecure about, about my weight, about, you know, how I look. And it was, if you look at any bodybuilder, uh, there's definitely deep seated insecurities, but I, I had just had decided. And once I started getting into the weight room and again, transforming my body, more doors opened. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to give other people that feeling of these doors have opened up to me because of what I've done here in the gym when nobody's watching. So when, when you have that confidence in not only yourself, because going into the weight room and being able to do things that you couldn't do last week, it's like a snowball effect. It starts to build and build and build and build. And eventually like it becomes the new norm and you know, it, it helped out in relationships. It helped out, um, with my grades and I just wanted everybody else to feel that way. So I guess that was my aha moment is when I got back into the gym in college and, you know, saw almost like a ripple effect. So like a secondary effect of, um, what fitness had done for me and, uh, just trying to share that to anybody that would listen. That's awesome. I, um, again, rabbit holes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's that moment. So like, I, I joked with Brenda called it like the Kramer moment. I even talked about a little bit with miles. Um, when he, when I interviewed him and it's just like, just something really awesome happens when you just decide this is for me now. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm trying to think of, uh, you ever seen the movie Rocky? Yeah. So one of my favorite, uh, it's obviously like a montage, but like just that morning when he wakes up and he, he's, it's like game on, like, I'm going to train, I'm going to fight this Apollo guy. I don't care if I get my, you know, butt handed to me, like this is giving me purpose. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a movie, but his whole life changed after that. And it just starts with this, like he wakes up super early stretches, you know, is wearing sweats and all kinds of crap and just goes on a run. And then that's when it starts. And I was like, God, I, I love that. Just that feeling of like, okay, I'm going to download this weight program. I'm going to join this gym. There's just, it, it's different this time. This isn't a new year's resolution. This isn't like, um, a false start. Right. This is it. And just, uh, being able to tap into that is pretty awesome and talk about it. Yeah. And like, that's, I mean, without, without having that confidence, who knows, maybe I don't take an acting class. Maybe I don't go to LA. Maybe I don't be on the prices, right? You know, it's just, it's crazy to think of what one decision that I made probably hung over in a college dorm room, how now I'm here, you know, talking to you on a podcast, having a podcast myself with two things that I love. Yeah. it, it goes when, when it finally stuck for me was this is no longer a cosmetic thing. I feel good. And that mm-hmm. it's just kind of like you said, it, it just, it was, it was like a, it was like a domino effect. I know I said that earlier, but it, it just continues to build off of it. And, um, it's crazy to think about like, just, 
your, your life would be completely different if you, if you'd made different decisions and decided to pursue other stuff and right. Um, yeah, it's just something I'd probably talk on for like another hour, but uh, <laughs> we'll go back to dodgeball. Um, do you have a career highlight um, so far? Um, as far as an elite or as just dodgeball, in dodgeball. General. Yeah. Like the first one that comes to mind too, it doesn't have to be like the solve all end all. Um, my, one of my favorite dodgeball moments of all time was, um, my last year at central Michigan, we had a home tournament and we had grand Valley coming in and James Madison university coming in and they were both undefeated on the year. And Grand Valley, I believe, was trying to break their own record of most consecutive wins. Hmm. So we we brought both of them to Central Michigan, you know, in our house, and took them both down. Um, yeah, as as like as a senior, and that was the first real tournament that I had played at Central. That was hands down my favorite tournament so far. Nice. Yeah, being being able to unseat both of them that, you know, coming in, everybody thought we were going to get beat up at our own tournament and then ended up sweeping it was a really cool feeling. Not bad for a kid who uh, crawled out of a pool. Yeah. <laughs> just said, hey, what, what you guys got going on here? Is this for real? <laughs> yeah, not bad at all. Um, So does this tie into your favorite dodgeball memory or do you have like a favorite memory? Some of these have been like off the court, so I don't know if that helps. Yeah. Um, you know, favorite dodgeball memory. Um, I mean, it, it changes daily, you know, being being where I'm at now um, and how much the sport has opened up to me. I mean, I feel like every podcast I do now is my new favorite. And, you know, every time I bring somebody on, it's like, oh yeah, that's my favorite one so far. And then I think back like, oh wait, no, that one was my favorite, but actually that one's my favorite. <laughs> um, so it, it's hard to say. I, it changes all the time. And uh, I, I think looking down the road, it's only going to keep changing. Yeah. So I actually have a follow-up question on, on podcasting, but um, I feel you on the favorite one. Like, oh, that was my favorite. No, this yeah. was my favorite. And, and, and Sergio can could attest. He's like, dude, best podcast ever. I was like, you said that last week. He's like, shut up. I meant it last week. Yeah. But uh, doesn't take away from it. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, it's funny you say that. But push pause on on ball because I do want to get into some of that too. But uh, and this maybe yeah. might tie in. So where do you think dodgeball is going to go? Uh, I, I think that it's only going to grow. I think that it it is expanding more. Uh, like I said before, we are at the ground level and we're, like it, it's a launch pad that we are so close to teetering to where, you know, like where the dams bust open. Um, I, I think we're, we're going to see a lot of growth and it's going to come down to a couple of decisions where we're going to go one way or the other, where it's going to be dodgeball stays kind of not an elite sport and stays more rec or it goes to that next level of real professional sport. Hmm. So you think there's like a, a blur right now between no, this is still rec level dodgeball that we're seeing 
people were trying to pass it off as like the highest form of dodgeball. Yeah, I think just kind of, you know, based on what I had said before, I think that there is a little bit of a blur, right. um, especially if, you know, outsiders looking in where they see, you know, one game where this this is intense, this is real, and then they see another game where all oh, these guys are just goofing around. This is what I thought, this, you know, playground stuff. So I think there, there's a teetering point, and I think it's approaching very soon. Yeah, it's uh, mark our words. I guess we'll, we'll look back to this yeah. a year, two years, and be like, "Holy, this crap. might not age well." But I'm hoping it does. <laughs> I, I'm in the boat that it will. Um, just based off, I could have said this ten years ago and be like, "What was I even talking about back then?" Um, right. So on that note, and this is uh, this could be you personally, or this could be you, and what your vision is for for ball out and for what you want to do. But like, what do you want to achieve in dodgeball? Um. Well, as far as playing wise i guess i would love to win a national title here in the next couple of years um i mean as far as with the sport i I think um you know what i'm what i want to leave behind to the sport is only just begun um i have so many plans and so many ideas of what i would love to do for the sport and I think ball out is just the first phase of that. And I know I've said this multiple times um, on ball out, but I'll say it again, time over time, you know, me and miles are the perfect mix. I stay up in the clouds. You know, I I'm already looking at huge things and miles <laughs> keeps me grounded. So, hey, come back like, down hey, here. hey, Hey, like, we have to hit publish first before any of that can happen. <laughs> so he, he keeps me, you know, here and grounded and making sure that the day-to-day stuff's getting done. And I'm already so far down, you know, the rabbit hole of what I think there needs to be and what I want to bring to the sport that I want that to be my dodgeball legacy of what I left for, upcoming dodgeballers and what I was able to do for people that are still playing on the playground now that will be playing in the league, you know, 15, 20 years from now. Nice. So the next question would then be like, what does life look like after dodgeball? And I'm assuming when I say after dodgeball, like when when you can't play anymore or don't want to play anymore, obviously it sounds like you're still going to have some kind of interaction with it contribution oh, yeah. you're going to build this legacy yeah um so I, I would love to continue the podcast love to continue to um you know spread the good word of dodgeball keep mentoring people that are trying to get better at the sport and you know i would i would love to see um in ball out's future a headquarters of dodgeball i i know i was talking to miles about this the other day of finding a a warehouse and being able to you know put gyms in it being able to put workout equipment in it being able to um, put a studio in it you know have a almost a national hub of dodgeball Um, you know a place where usa dodgeball sends the uh, olympic team to come train and come improve their game or where, 
you know, people can come there just, just to witness, you know, this is what the elite dodgeball players are doing. This is what you need to be taking away from this and really elevating that gameplay and elevating the, uh, the sport altogether. That's awesome. When, when you'd said that, I was like, cause I think you said like, just like what UFC has in Vegas, I think. Yeah. Yep. Like the US, uh, the UFC facility out in, uh, Vegas. Um, yeah, I would love to have one of those for dodgeball. So when I heard that, I was like, but you could do it now. Just figure it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Trying. Yeah. Cause like the, the cool thing about dodgeball is like, there's nothing stopping me from doing a league up here in Phoenix. Like, Obviously, Cactus is killing it, but it, it's mm-hmm. everything is within the memes or within your means, and we, we might get into this a little bit later. Too. I'm like not that far later, but uh, it's <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's it's so far fetched that we would not see something like this soon. And when I say soon, I say maybe within the next five years. Um, it just takes the vision, like you said. It takes somebody like Miles to keep you grounded, to keep you forward. Like, hey, just push push publish first but just the act right. of doing stuff and that's something i've learned oh time and again is just like um holy crap i had no idea this one idea would go this far or or this one podcast would do this um until you actually start doing stuff you have no idea what uh what you're capable of doing and um you know obviously there was a time where we wanted um under armor or nike or somebody to come in and do this for us but we're starting to see community members doing things on their own. I mean, this is what happened with elite dodgeball with USA dodgeball, with ball mm-hmm. of podcasts, some of the things that you guys have already, um, in motion. And it's, it's awesome. Just keep going back to that ground floor and the launch pad. Like, um, I could see this happening. Um, and I, I could just see it being freaking awesome. Like I, I'm nerding out just thinking about it. Um, dude, I, I, I hope so. And it's funny the the episode we recorded with, uh, Justin, when does this one come out? This will be out Friday, the, um, the 22nd. So in two days. Okay. So that episode won't be released yet, but you know, I'll tease it a little bit. Um, the episode with Justin, you know, I, I, uh, I picked his brain a little bit on, you know, when he left his corporate job to do my athlete box full time. And he, he gave me a very, you know, PC answer of, uh, you know, didn't have any goals or anything or any, you know, metrics that I wanted to hit before I decided it was a good time to leave. Hmm. And, uh, he could tell I was a little disappointed. I was like, man, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense of when I can leave my job to do this full time. <laughs> we got to go into that a little bit. So that was cool. That'd be cool to listen to. And, um, again, taking matters in our own hands, like it's really awesome working with Justin and seeing how far he's come and knowing that mm-hmm. this is a guy I've been playing dodgeball with just randomly just so happened to look at my Instagram feed, be like what, what's my athlete box. Oh, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we should, there should probably be something like this for dodgeball. Wait, this is yeah. Ursula does this. Like I, I know this girl, like this is nuts. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, I mean, this is obviously the, the stuff we covered so far, I, I know we can probably dig up just one question, turn that into like a mini sode or another uh, two hours long. I think we're at the two and a half mark almost by the time this is done. Um, at, before we wrap up, I do want to ask, um, what is the thing you enjoy the most about podcasting so far? Uh, so far, my favorite thing is being able to pick other people's brains on dodgeball and being able to hear everybody else's story. And I say that because 
somebody, well, I should, as somebody who, you know, all throughout my NCDA career, you know, I, I never really interacted with, um, other people within the league that much. You know, I was, I was a person that walked into the gym and I still do, I'm still guilty of this, uh, with the premier league. So if, if, um, I reacted this way to you. Don't take it personally. It's just my mindset. But when I walked into the gym, I was somebody that, you know, everybody here that's not on my team is somebody that I'm trying to take out. So I'm not, I'm not here to be buddy, buddy right now. I'm here to focus on my game and focus on my team winning. Now, as I've gotten a little bit older and wiser and a little bit more, you know, laxed on that kind of stuff with dodgeball and um, being able to, you know, talk to, talk to more people. And uh, not that I wasn't able to talk to people before. It's just, I didn't do it. Um, Being able to hear other people's stories and being able to, you know, bond with people over shared experiences that were, you know, States apart or, you know, 2000 miles apart like, oh, no way, you did that too? I, dude, I did that same exact thing, but I was in Michigan versus California. Um, and I, I think that being able to share all those experiences with all of our listeners is really going to help everybody, you know, not only become better dodgeball players, but it's going to help everybody as a league and as a community feel more bonded to each other. Because like we keep saying, this this is the ground floor. And everybody that's in or coming in is going to see this as, you know, the generation that did it. And the more bonded we are, the stronger we are as a community together, the more smooth, the easier, and the faster that transition is going to come. And, you know, re- reaching out to Lisa in Canada and hearing that her stories almost identical to Brenda's out in California. Like that, that blew my mind. And I I thought that was the coolest thing that, you know, both of these players being from two different countries experienced the same exact thing and then reached their goal. Like, I don't know if they even know each other, but they need to be best friends. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that's been my favorite part so far. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it, it doesn't, it has yet to even what's the saying it has yet to uh cease to amaze me like how like you said how connected you feel to somebody when you hear their story like i remember that i remember feeling that pain i remember that that excitement i remember um just even like listening to you talk to miles and just like oh yeah no i totally know what that means or i, I understand that <laughs> and just like we we're talking about like flow states like we're at one point you're like almost like right you're almost speaking as i was typing note typing notes about to ask later I'm like this is awesome um <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's great. Um, And, you know, it's it's really cool to think about how what I mean, we're doing it ball out what you're doing here, how you know, this is this is out there forever. And, you know, people that haven't heard of dodgeball, people that um, don't even know what dodgeball is, maybe in a country that dodgeball doesn't even exist yet they can reference these things and pick up the game from these little tidbits of information that we're leaving behind. And who knows, maybe they're the person that we need to 
get dodgeball on ESPN or yeah. you never know who's going to be the person that makes these th- kind of things happen. Yeah. You never know who's listening, who's watching, who's following, who's creeping exactly. on you on Instagram. It's uh, and that that's, you just got to do it. You just got to put yourself out there. And um, I'm trying to remember when exactly you said it, when Miles interviewed, but you're just saying like, you're, you're just, when you lock onto something, you're just going to do it. And you, you said you may not be running. You might be crawling. As long as you're moving forward towards that, you're going to go mm-hmm. for it. And there needs to be more of that still, I feel, to make this happen, to, to bring these, you know, these pine the sky dreams that we all have of, of seeing dodgeball on ESPN, not as part of the Ocho, but as an actual <laughs> competitive event, you know? So, right. Yeah. That's uh, one thing that, um, <clears throat> I, I, without a doubt, know my girlfriend will attest to is I am one stubborn SOB. <laughs> and when, when I want something like, like you said, like I'm going to start going after it and I don't care how quickly, and I think it's uh, it's got a lot to do with that, you know, glutton for pain that we had talked about. Like, <clears throat> I know the road might not be as smooth as I'd like it to be, but I'm going to get there and I'm probably going to get beat up on the way, but I'm going to get there. I feel like it's just going to make you want it that much more. Like, oh, what? Roadblock? Now I'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, uh, who did we just record with? Maybe, maybe it was just me and Miles. I don't remember. It might be on the episode that comes out tomorrow. Um, but talked about being that guy that always has a chip on my shoulder. And I, I don't know if that's something that I've just always been this way or if it just, you know, kind of happened one day. But, you know, I love being that guy with the chip on my shoulder. And uh, that when that chip gets bigger, I get hungrier and I want it even that much more. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to stop myself here because we can very easily go into the three hour mark. And I, I know I say I'll let episodes go on as long as they have to. Um, I do kind of have like a maybe two and a half hour mark. Might have to split this up into two parts just to make it easier for people to digest because I feel like the content here is, is just solid. And there's a reason why it feels like only 20 minutes. Like when does the real podcast begin is, is kind of what I'm thinking, but um, <laughs> doing a lot of dancing. When are we going to dive in? Yeah. What's when, when we get to like the meat and potatoes of this, but um, <laughs> I do want to, uh, first of all, say thank you for, you know, being staying up late for, for doing what you've been doing. You know, miles um, it's, it's refreshing to see more content being put out there. And uh, it's cool watching you guys too on Instagram and just seeing the milestones that you guys have hit already. And just knowing that, like you said, this is another group, organization, company, entity that's putting stuff out there and port- portraying dodgeball in the light that we we deserve it to be portrayed in. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like uh, that guy, but somebody was posting they're doing a casting call for Extreme Dodgeball again. I'm like, I saw that. Is that a step backwards? Like, I come on, maybe yeah. it's good. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe we can reach out to them and they can uh, ask us about you know certain dodgeball things that people need to know about the sport. Yeah. We would just like to see him get right instead of the hokiness. Yeah. Assuming, and that's, that's, you know, my 16 years of playing bias is like, can we just get away from the hokiness and show Mm -hmm. the drama that we've seen um, in the last couple of years, like the good action. But, um, I do want to, uh, leave off with the good old Austin Deeks joke. Haven't had a chance to do this because I've had the fortune of having some guest hosts on here, but, um, he asks, what do you get if your lover's soul was trapped in a sword for all of eternity? I have no idea. A Beyblade. <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> Keep it up, man. Uh, that was, I actually checked. I was like, did, 
did Brett see this? Did he like it? No. Okay, good. I'm going to run with this one because uh, <laughs> it's been a while. But, oh, man. I love it. Yep. All right, but man. hey, no, Steve, I really appreciate what you're doing here with the Dodgeball podcast. I really appreciate you. You know, you kind of been, uh, I guess, a, a rock for us over at Ball Out. And we've been able to bounce a lot of things off of you and um, have helped kind of guide our show. So I really want to say thank you. And we appreciate you and uh, look forward to what the Dodgeball community has to offer in the next couple of years. And I think a lot of that starts with um, us right here. Absolutely, man. And the coolest thing is we're just getting started. Um, a lot, a lot of exciting stuff coming up, so I can't wait. And again, dude, thanks for coming on and definitely want to have you on again. Um, in the not too distant future for sure, but, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All right. So that was Brett Hadwin of the ball out podcast of central Michigan university alumni and the, uh, the Columbus Gamecocks. And, um, all I can say is just, wow. Um, it, it's, as I said towards the end, it, it never ceases to amaze me how awesome it can be to talk to somebody about dodgeball and connect when under no other circumstance would I have ever had that opportunity. Um, I'm sure if I wasn't doing the podcast, I'd probably just walk by Brett and that'd be it. But who'd have thought you could have a two and a half hour long conversation fly by and uh, Brett, thank you so much for being willing to be flexible and just for, for talking. I mean, it was, I have a lot of fun doing these, obviously. Um, there's a reason why, you know, season four still feels like season one. And, um, you know, I, I, I do really, I don't really make any apology for the duration of each episode. I feel like this is the long form interviewing is where you get the best content, which is why I'm so grateful that Sergio Leone's willing to act as QC for these, willing to do timestamps. Um, it, however, if, if, breaking these down into parts is helpful or more digestible. Um, I'm more than willing or open to consider that and, and do that. Um, I just feel like you can't rush something that feels natural. Um, so anyway, um, I will rush myself though, because I can talk a long time after podcast is over with. I'm sure you guys ears are quite tired of my voice. So with that being said, if you are still listening, thank you so much for doing so as always have a, have a great rest of your evening, a uh, great rest of your weekend and we'll see you next time. You just like when I when I heard you say like I can talk about dodgeball forever with anybody, I was like, oh, that that's a dangerous combination. But let's go there. <laughs> Let, let's see where it goes. And um, 